Welcome to Real Talk with Rio and Murph, the most niche podcast on the internet. This week's sponsor is Abandonment. When someone declares war on your realm, you and your pack should immediately hit the Abandonment button. Well, Dave, it looks like it's going to be me and you this season. How do you feel? I mean, I'm excited to be here. The circumstances maybe aren't optimal, but I'm excited that I get to talk with you and be a part of hosting this amazing, wonderful podcast for our turn during the round. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, what's your immediate uh, reaction to hearing, you know, basically Realm 6 abandoned? I mean, I had a lot of thoughts. It's probably good we're recording this, not immediately after. But, um, Mm -hmm. I mean... They're able to choose what they want to choose. I totally understand all the different sides. As someone who has done fast attacking a fair amount and blopping quite a bit, like I can see kind of both sides of what happened. Um, and if the game's the game's supposed to be fun, if it's not going to be fun for the next forty or so days, like I can get why you would want to abandon. I do feel a little bit bad, or did um, though that people left in the realm like they don't get that choice of if the next 40 days are fun when um, the one pack in their realm kind of leaves so i'm glad that they were able to um, get moved around to some realms that could use their help and still be able to be active so that made me feel a little bit better on that front but um it's unfortunate that that has impacted that realm and the game as much as it has but Honestly, I'm kind of hoping we don't spend the whole time talking about them. They're gone. They're out of here. And uh, I'm ready to talk about what's really going to happen. But I'm sure we want everyone's opinion on it. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, for me, it uh, definitely fills a it leaves a void in my heart. Um, so, you know, saying that, I think we have to play a sad country song. So. Boom. We're going to be playing a sad country song for everybody. It's a short country song, but I think it's appropriate for uh, the in memoriam section for basically the pack that was in Realm 6. So we'll play that for you now, and then we'll catch up with you guys on the other side of this song. There's a place where the sun doth shine And the birds keep time with the pines up yonder That's the home of my Caroline She's dancing in the sky Of the great white valley These old chains around my feet They're pulling me back down Caroline, oh Caroline I'll be home just any old time The grave in the garden won't be satisfied Till your name's next to mine
bones do break and my hands do shake as I lie in the wake of time's cruel slaughter. But if I die before I wake, I gonna see my Caroline. Caroline, oh Caroline, I'll be home just any old time. The grave in the garden won't be satisfied till you're next, next to mine. There's a place where the sun doth shine and the birds keep time with the pines up yonder. That's the home of my Caroline. She's dancing in the sky. Caroline, oh Caroline, I'll be home just at any old time. The grave in the garden won't be satisfied till your name's next to mine. So, Dave, do you think that song was uh, basically a, a good picture of of how Realm Six is now? I mean, it's definitely definitely one way you could go. We've heard quite a few different opinions on this, so but I do I liked that one. Good find on that song. Good. So, Dave, so uh, who do we have joining with us uh, this week? couple newcomers i hear yeah so one of the things i love about the podcast is it kind of makes the game more human here so um, we have a lot of great guys that play this game and and girls too don't want to leave them out but it's not just about those that abandon but we've also got got some great people that play this game so we've got um b and psycho psychosophies that that you say your name but but yeah, there are guests here, so I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi there. Be here. And uh, yeah, we are jo- joining here together with my uh, longtime uh, Dominion and uh, not Dominion, actually, Elveron friend, Psy. So I'll give it over to him to introduce himself. Thank you, B and Murph and Dave. Um... I guess Psychosophy is how you pronounce this name, but Psy is just a bit shorter. And as B alluded to, we met in Elveron uh, about 12 years ago, and Elveron shut down, for anyone that was not aware of that. And we pretty much were remissing of uh, some of the uh, epic days on MSN back in those days to, uh, to do those war hits just before end of ticket. So, uh, yeah, I'm pleasure to be here. And meet everyone. Um, <clears throat> so maybe you can touch on what Elveron was, because maybe not a lot of people know what it was. I do know what it was, because I had a good couple friends actually play Elveron back in the day. I don't know if you guys would have heard of them. Uh, one was Sids, and the other one was Jerky. Uh, I know they played a bunch. Yeah, they're a bit familiar names, but I don't remember exactly 
who they are. But yeah, I think basically uh, Elfron was a spin-off of Dominion because the one, the guy, if I remember correctly, that set up Elfron was former Dominion player that I'm guessing thought he could make a, a game that looked like it, but make make it even better. And so yeah, it I would say it's 80, maybe even 90% the same as Dominion is, and it's yeah, in some point maybe even a bit a bit uh, easier the game mechanics, but uh, it, it's pretty much the same uh, as uh, the current Open Dominion game. Yeah, and it was um, it was definitely simpler because coming back to Dominion. Uh, there was a lot of things that seemed very new, or maybe I just forgot. And, you know, for example, blopping in Alvaron, I don't think really existed too much like it does now. Mm-hmm. And and there was definitely a much smaller player base. Like, I think all up we would have had 100 players globally. But in terms of active packs and top players, let's say, there would have been 20 or 25, maybe. So it definitely seems, from what we've seen joining... Uh, Dominion, there's definitely a much. I mean, it doesn't seem like a large, large player base, but it seems a lot more active. And I think with Discord and you know podcasts like this, it definitely is a more community-driven game. Before we used to use those forums, you know, back on the browsers in 2011, and you know you might got to like two posts a day if you're lucky, not kind of the uh, non-stop messages that you get here. So, did you guys both play uh, Dominion Classic as well as Elvron? I did play uh, three or four rounds, but I looked back at the Valhalla rankings a few weeks ago, and it was, let's say, it was not significant. I actually had no idea what I was doing. So, basically, everything that I, uh, any knowledge that is relevant for Open Dominion. On this day comes from Elfron rather than uh, the old classic Dominion. Yeah, and I never played Dominion and never even heard of it, to be honest. And even with Elveron, it was one of the games I just randomly found in 2005, you know, when you're in high school, and, and then just kind of forgot about it after for four years and then just found it again. And then that's kind of where I'm at B. And similar to what B said, like those early rounds, you have no idea what you're doing. So, uh, and honestly, when we started Open Dominion, I felt like I'd forgotten what kind of actually went down in Elveron. Just You just remember like the highlights, I suppose, or the, the good times and not exactly all the mechanics. But I know B, you know, who's definitely a more uh, data and numbers person, uh, remembers a lot more than I do. So I know our outreach team would be kind of curious to to know how you guys kind of found us or what brought you guys into Open Dominion, right? I'll have that yeah, to be. I think, yeah, I think that uh, um, well, after Elfron ended, Psy and myself were still talking on uh, WhatsApp every now and then, and I think every. Uh, yeah, three or four times a year we were discussing things like do you, do you remember back then when we were playing Alpharon we were doing this, this and this or sometimes it might sound a bit weird but 
it's, I think uh, it's it's okay. But sometimes we, I actually had dreams about, oh, oh no, I forgot to log in and now I'm going to get hit. And then when I woke up, I would tell him, hey, I had a dream about the game that we used to play. So at some point, I don't know why I did, but I, w- I just went back to see uh, if if uh, Elfron still existed or if uh, Dominion still existed. And then I stumbled upon the Open uh, Dominion new website and the Discord. So I found it by uh, yeah actively looking for it because I remembered that the game used to exist. And uh, yeah, then first I think first I just. Followed the. I joined the Discord, but didn't actually even read anything. And then I think in May this year, I started reading the the Dom chat and the, all the other channels. That when I said to Psy, hey, uh, there's this game that's uh, really similar to the Elfron of the old days. Uh, how about we uh, start playing again and start wasting a lot of our uh, precious time in life to a game like this? And then. Uh, yeah, he was uh, up to it, and then uh, now here we are. Yeah, to uh, to B's point, um, I definitely did have some dreams <laughs> of uh, of Elveron. I mean, I I would I would imagine when you're kind of really into something, you end up dreaming about it, just like people dream about work or their bosses or you know something like that. So uh, when uh, yeah, when B when mm. B sent me that uh, uh, the link, I said straight away I went. You know, and had a look, and then I said to him, "I said, wow, this looks way more complicated than I remember." But um, I just signed up. I think I can't remember what round it was. We we're in separate realms, and yeah, I think we just tried to learn. And something that I think Dominion does really well is you get paired with you know the kind of pro or the veterans, and in the Discord, asking questions. Like everyone was super helpful from day one, and I think Elvron didn't have that at all, ever. I think. Um, so that's something that I would like to commend whoever came up with the idea of, you know, pairing beginners with with veterans and and all that. Uh, I think it's uh, it's been really useful because I think we've played what three four rounds and I feel like we've learned a lot. And this particular round, it seems like we're actually helping other people, which is really nice because uh, we always like to help. So for the record, uh, your first round, uh, the pack did not abandon. Uh, that is correct. Uh, it was, we actually won that test around, I believe. I didn't have any concept of what was going on, but yeah. So I thought that was a good start. Yeah, it was the... So what you're saying is... Test round. Okay, when so what you're I saying was, is I, it's really helpful uh, when the pack you're paired with does not abandon you guys, right? Is that what you're trying to say? It's definitely uh, helpful. <laughs> it is correct. You are correct, Math. In that statement. Yeah. Um, my other follow-up question would be: Are you guys still in touch with like uh, any other members of the Elveron community that you can kind of like spread the word to to kind of infect them and get them to join OD as well? A good question, actually, because I know there is some kind of uh, Facebook group. Elfron with the players that used to play still in there. And I actually never thought about posting the link to Open Dominion in there, but I think I might just do that after this uh, this podcast. And who knows, maybe a whole bunch of players comes back. Yeah, possibly. There is uh, one other guy 
it was in our pack because we had a pack of about four that was pretty consistent. Uh, and I did tell him, but and sent a link. I don't think anything came out of it. And then a, a few others just uh, disappeared. And, and there was one guy actually. I think B. I remember you telling me a couple of years ago. He he tried to get the source code from. Uh, I think his name was Zip, the original admin yeah, who came from yeah. Minion. Yeah. And you said I think it's Cali, and he was looking to redo Elveron, but then I don't think anything came from that because I think he tries to do a beta. A new beta. Yeah. So yeah, no, did, did someone did have the idea to try to remake it, but I think it uh, actually never happened. No, and I think now with the way Open Dominion is, I think it's from what Elveron was. Like, if you're an Elveron player, it'd be pretty pretty easy to to kind of come into this. And now it's so much more accessible because back then could not do anything on the phone. And I think we've had a couple of rounds where I don't think I ever used my PC, which is amazing. Because it was so much harder in 2011 or 12, like yeah. earlier. Yeah, I think that'd be great if you could uh, spread the word in that Facebook group to the other Elveron people. Because you never know, like maybe it's just somebody like B, right? That, you know, have, have wanted to play something similar to Elveron, but they just didn't know it was out there. So, you know, if you post, maybe, you know, maybe we'll get an influx of former Elveron people, right? Yeah, it'll be nice. Yeah, it'll be the good reversal. Because B, what was the game where we had an influx of players? Was that from Dom, or was that from another one? Do you no, remember? I think there were a lot of, lot of players from yes, from Dominion that they were tired of all the cheating they said, and they switched to Elveron. Yeah, that's right. And then you know what's ironic, uh, Murph and Dave, is that we had these players come in. We didn't know what Dom was. And I kid you not, a guy in our realm went through almost the whole way, was leading, and then basically got banned for cheating. So, <laughs> and it was from Dom. And I thought, oh, these Dom players, why do we want them? Um, no, it just, it just came back to me, actually. But, uh, yeah, so I'm glad to see it's not like that anymore, I think. And, and for the record, that player was not Rio? We, I actually don't know what his name was. <laughs> I actually have no idea. B, do you know? No, I don't remember, but uh, yeah, he, he was banned for cheating, but so he didn't abandon at least. Yeah, we were impressed that he was so far ahead and doing so well, and it turns out he just had farms set up everywhere for like the whole round. Some collusion going on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, he's uh, definitely a yeah, different kind of breed. Yeah, so you heard me and Dave's take on basically what went down in Room 6. So it'd be, I think, helpful for uh, a perspective from the newish players that just joined our game to kind of see the impact of what that w would have on you guys, right? Like what your opinion would be, right? Because I know if you're getting paired in Realm 6, we've had to move everybody out now. It just kind of like basically destroys the whole realm, right? And it kind of changes the round dynamics. Uh, but how do you guys see it? You go first, sorry. Oh, okay, it's a it's a very good question. Uh, it's something we've talked about a lot, uh, and you know, trying to uh, we're trying to look at objectively as possible. Because uh, I don't know if anyone's seen my posts. Uh, I was getting a little more animated than I I usually would with um, certain responses, but. 
it, it felt like there was two issues here, but for, in terms of the abandonment, if we isolate that, I don't know how you guys are, but I know how I am. I know how B is where we don't really give up irrespective of what's going on. Like understand in a game, it's frustration. Understand if you feel like you're getting targeted because I think we've all been in that situation. And, you know, that this game is if you want to compete at, if you want to play, you want to play properly and you want to compete at the highest levels. So if you feel like people are taking away that opportunity that, you know, you have no chance of winning. But I think it wasn't the correct thing to do to abandon because like I was saying before, one thing that Dominion's really good for is pro players playing with the newbies or beginners or intermediate players. And that doesn't send the right signal because it sends a signal like, oh, if something doesn't go our way, we'll just quit. So I feel like there is a little bit of responsibility or accountability of the the more veteran players. And look, it's not something that some people ask for. It's kind of just thrust upon them and maybe some people don't want it. Fair enough. Um, but I just think for the sake of the the realmies who, you know, basically they've gone from like, okay, little chance of winning to absolutely no chance. And it's only what, it was day five in the round. And, you know, we've only played a few rounds, but it's a long round. And many times we think someone's out and, you know, gone, but still managed to claw back or something could happen. And, you know, it, it happens all the time. So I don't think giving up is the right idea. And I think after what happened last round with, I can't remember the realm number, but I think it was worse crew, you know, a banning like that. And then all of them are banning, I thought was also a bit much. So I don't, I'm just thinking if this is a common trend, then um, I don't think it's going to be good for the game. I just, it sends the wrong message to, well, everyone really, especially newer players. And if you're a newer player and you come in and you say your top players are banning like that, you kind of think, what's the point of me dedicating 47 days of my life to this round? Because, you know, it is time consuming. And I think that's why we enjoy it because it is there for us. So, yeah, I hope that made some sort of sense. Yeah, totally. And B? Yeah, I don't have anything in particular to add to what uh, Sai said. I think he uh, summed it up uh, pretty well. And uh, in a way, I can also understand how uh, 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 the abandonment could have made sense for the, uh, the guys that did it. I mean, I was briefly talking with Rio on uh, in in, uh, 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 in PMs and he said I've played uh, this uh, game for 25 rounds straight so it was time to take a break so I mean in the in the end uh, I don't have any opinion about whether they should have abandoned yes or no it's still a game in the end we tend to take it too seriously at, at times and uh, yeah, if someone thinks he needs a break, then uh, yeah, he's free to take the break. I mean, it is part of the game. You have that button. It is there. It's within their right to do it. I'm not doing terribly this round, but from the point that they abandoned, I would have traded places with any of them. So I didn't feel like, I mean, maybe there was more to it, but I feel like they definitely could have could have kept going and had some good rounds. and possibly even still one. We were definitely scared of them early on. Like they had a good setup and whether you could argue if they should have been um, 
focused on war first or if anyone should have. But um, I definitely don't think that they were out of it. And I would have loved to have seen them fight through a little bit. Yeah, we also said they weren't really out of it because there were still a lot of possibilities with the goblins. But he said in, at some point it was about the statement. He was tired of uh, getting uh, randomly blocked three rounds uh, in a row while not even being the best, uh, the most dangerous uh, kingdom. Something along those lines. But maybe he can uh, explain himself at some point. Yeah, and I know... Probably, I mean, by the point they abandoned, you have to hit it 24 hours before. Um, they didn't have top op at that point. But when we were, the first couple days, like day one or two, they were the ones that we were looking at as being the scariest in our realm. And by the time war started, it may not have been the case. But, I mean, they were scary. And if you're scary looking, things can happen. As a a blops player, if you do have a a blot pack, you want to be able to impact the game. And a lot of blot players can't really affect it mid to end game if they're not able to keep up or as things start to not have as much of an impact. So really the time you can have the most impact is that first hour out of protection. And you could say that maybe there were two realms that were kind of in the lead and you don't want to be a kingmaker which i can totally mm -hmm. understand and one of the best ways to stop a runaway is to have um multiple fast attackers kind of holding each other in check but i mean six was scary if you don't want people to come at you first don't look so scary and um i mean it's just part of what happens and i've seen some people suggest maybe delaying those another day um, or scaling, or reworking the hero system, maybe having someone who can do support spells or something, self-spells on people to help out. Um, there's been a whole lot of ideas and suggestions and things thrown out there, and um, they definitely did make a statement. And we probably had more talk on making some changes than ever, although I feel like we do have those conversations spin around and run on and on every round. Um, I'm sure there will be some kind of change that happens, but I mean, it also is just part of the territory, and bloppers want to be able to impact the game too, and and they have, um, and it has been hard as a blopper to have that impact on the game. We don't want to have an impact where you're making people stop and abandon, and not want to play and hate the game, and never want to come back. But we've had a lot of rounds where um, those blops have been nerfed and it has been kind of hard to make an impact so i don't know if it makes you want to even start those wars out of the gate even more because it's the time that you can actually have an impact but uh, but but yeah it happened and we're moving on i guess i don't know do you have any more thoughts on it murph yeah, I haven't really uh, shared much of my own opinions on the matter. Eh? I don't know if you noticed that, but I just kind of wanted to take in everybody's opinions and, uh, you know, take some time to reflect on the situation, right? But for me, I'm just pretty much a straight shooter, right? So I'll tell you what it is, and I'll tell you how I think about it. 
it's to me it's like um did you guys ever see Seinfeld? Yep. One of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, so there's one of these episodes where uh a Kenny Rogers chicken, it's a Kenny Rogers chicken episode where Kenny Rogers like moves in across from Kramer's apartment and they have that big neon sign that Very goes through his sign. window. Yep. Yeah. Right. And they have to trade apartments. So I, I, the way I felt about it was, you know, you're bringing a big ass neon sign with your race selection, right? So you're going to get the attention. And you know, you know, the current state of the black ops and what's most likely going to come, right? Like, you know, if, if, (laughs) if I would have picked the races they picked and how they were playing them, right. I would have assumed that even with the round dynamics as they were with, you know, how 13 was going, I would have assumed at some point my realm's getting warred, if not the first war, then definitely the second war, right? So to kind of be like caught off guard with, you know, what's going to happen, right? I wouldn't be shocked because I would, I would be saying, Hey, you know, we're going these race, these races and we want this attention, right? So you're gonna have a lot of people just looking at you wanting to do damage and they can so argue think... that they did see it coming and were prepared and tried to build some things and weren't able to stop it they also complain about being kingmakers but them all leaving almost was them being kingmakers saying well we could stay here and slow 13 down a little bit and probably still win possibly instead they just all left and they kind of became kingmakers because then they weren't there to to hold 13 back either Right, but I would I well, what I was saying is, you know, with lycanthropes especially, they are just so hard to recover from a black ops um situation, especially early in the round, right? So, yeah. I, you know, I would think you've had would have had that discussion like, okay, you know, like let's play it out a little bit, like what if we get ward, which is like with these races, right? Like how do you say, well, yeah, we're not going to get ward, we're just going to carry on, we're going to outgrow the competition, blah blah blah, right? I would have, if if this is my pack and I was the leader of that pack, I would have been like, okay, so this is going to certainly happen, right? So what do we do when this happens, right? And I would have said, okay, well, you know, one of you lycanthropes is definitely going to die, right? Which which absolutely will happen. But you know, we've got two great goblin situations here where they can quick convert and i mean we saw that last round with gothia right like you know he was pretty much by himself randomed and he was killing it with goblin right but here you have a situation where you have two goblins and then you know you have at least one lycanthrope that'll still be around and then the other one could switch into like black ops or not black ops but just ops in general right so i think you could you still have a good foundation and make a good push for the mid round with your composition there yeah, for sure. Like, and once Lacking Throat gets rolling, like, they're mm-hmm. hard to stop. So, when you've got two of them and they're doing really well, you're you're going to be looked at early. I don't think they were the strongest yeah. at the time of the war, though. I think B and I were trying to go back to some of our um, uh, top, you know, um, top op uh, spreadsheets uh, and. I think we tried to find the one that was closest to the time of the war. Oh, yep. And it doesn't look like they were the strongest at that particular time. And then pretty much the next few, uh, they just got weaker and weaker and just pretty much, we, we thought, weren't actually the strongest. We, we thought uh, 13 and 11 were looking a bit more 
dangerous. Um, and this was just, just before the war. I don't have the comments in front of me, but because we tend to always talk about it every time we update. Yeah, five hours. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not sure what ops you guys had at the time because I'm pretty sure you guys were all following it pretty closely like we were. So we were surprised, uh, all of us were in our realm, that uh, six was taken out. And, and to your points, yes, if you have that set up and you're going to be looked at, but if you were looked at and everyone was looked at, you know, it could have easily been someone else. I don't necessarily see, and I think there was a lot of commentary saying, oh, if it was us, it would definitely have done six, but I don't see how. That's the only thing I, I still fail to understand is where was six stronger? Maybe in the mid to long term with the goblins, you know, that's fair, but they weren't even targeted. It was actually, you know, a lady. So that's something I just want to understand. I still never understood. No one really actually explained to me how at that time was that particular dom the strongest one. I don't know if you and guys have I think an maybe, like they had maybe more sheer numbers, like there were four that were strong as opposed to two or three. But I definitely see that point too. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I mean, the only reason why the war on six would have made sense is if they were targeting, if they would have targeted the goblins, because then, then you are taking out their longer term threats while having the two realms in the lead, which were 11 and 13, battle it out with each other. That would have made sense, but as soon as they started black opping the, the, the lycanthrope, in six, then you knew, okay, they don't know that they are not the, the fastest threat at the moment. So worrying six to pop the lycanthrope was a bad tactical choice, which led to the abandonment and to the uh, to the idea that blobs are overpowered or they should be changed. But I don't think so. I, I don't think it's a game mechanics problem here. I think it, it's just a bad call by that by round 12. A uh, human mistake, which may happen because we are all human, and uh, yeah. What else is yeah, I think they're really. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, think... I, I was actually finishing up, so go on. So, I mean, I think a case could have been made for either. And as someone who has been um, the monarch or king or whatever we call it, um, a few times, usually my theory when going to war is, especially if there are kind of two or three, I'd prefer my personal opinion to just kind of let them hold each other in check and not to play Kingmaker, but I've also, as an opera and having operas in our realm, I know they're always itching to war every second possible. So, um, so yeah, if you want to go to war and you're prepared at that day and people aren't, they definitely had two or three choices and they made a choice and we can argue that it wasn't the right choice, but just like Realm 6 has that option to abandon, Realm 6 has, I mean, Realm 12 has the option to choose who they think is the scariest, whether we yep. think they're right or wrong. Like, they made their choice, and we can argue if it was a mistake or not. I mean, that war definitely worked. They destroyed a whole realm. I don't know if anyone's ever destroyed a whole realm off of a war before, but... Uh, they were successful. That's not what we want to see. We don't want a whole realm disappearing from a war. We just want to slow people down. But but it was effective. You can't say it wasn't effective. Yeah, um, it's it's really a you know you live by the sword, you die by the sword type 
strat that was what they were playing right so yeah. you know at some point were they going to abandon you know regardless of if they were black up or not you know if they fell behind who knows right but i wanted to touch on something that uh you know maybe sigh and rush you guys had some conversations there in dom chat uh did you want to touch on anything there sigh well, I think the main thing there was, and I was actually going to ask a question from what Dave was saying, is like, why do bloppers, and has this been a historic thing with Dominion, why do they have the power to be able to have to make wars and attack the top kingdoms, uh, top realms, sorry? Because to your point, Dave, if why, why do they have that power where they the choice they make can dictate how the realm goes like wh why is that a thing like is that a like why do bloppers like why does it exist in the sense of having that much you know ha like you said itching to have wars and this and that because we've played with some bloppers in, in a couple of our realms and uh, rounds and uh, it was new to me how this all this blopping thing was i didn't really understand what they did um and you know i just don't understand because if they have to war why not war a, a realm that's not in the top 10 or 20 like clearly anyone who was across everything going on there's like three king three realms or four realms that were proper and then i guess one answer to that would be well then people will feel unjust that they've been targeted but then you kind of go but at least then they're not king making or pseudo king making in that sense um so that's one question that i had but just quickly i'll just uh talk about what i was talking about with rush um my main gripe was just kind of taking a little bit of accountability or acknowledging that the, the 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 decision made was not the right decision and just kind of owning up to that rather than just kind of deflecting or entwining it with the other issue of abandonment um and, and to be honest i did find you know some of the responses it was uh you know i was i was thought i was trying to talk objective as possible as a lot of were but you know it's it's hard to talk rational sometimes uh and i understand it was a, is a big moment and i don't think you know him or they that realm uh, I know they didn't intend it to uh, to make them all abandon, but then again, justifying it by saying, oh, well, they abandoned anyway, so it was the right choice is also not correct because it's kind of illogical uh, and is not the right thing. So that's kind of where my gripe was. That's kind of why I piped up a bit to say, well, you made a mistake, just own up to it uh, and then try and move on, right? Like, I think, like as adults, like we're all adults here. So I just thought it was a bit much. Yeah, we're all adults here, but we've definitely seen that some struggled. But I can answer your question, well, I, think... I guess, or we can answer that later. Yeah, Go Dave, ahead, before you do that, yeah, before you answer his question, I just want to touch on something that uh, I think Rush had a gripe with, which was, you know, you saying that, you know, they could have known who was in there and that's why they warded them, right? I think that's what really set him off to kind of like, you know, go down and, and, and uh, you know, maybe get the conversation a little bit more toxic than anybody wanted, right? But I would say, like, it's so hard to know where anybody is this early, right? That they would definitely have not known who was in there, right? So that wouldn't have been part of the motivation for the war. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. When he said that, didn't know, I was like, okay. I just, the thing is that I said that a little bit later because... I was just trying to see what he was saying at first, and then I thought it was kind of amusing, if anything, that when I pointed when I said that, like the the uh, the defensiveness that came up, because uh, usually the responses were a bit more deflective or comical or trying to like trivialize the situation. But then uh, his and I forgot the other person, Freeze, I think, 
said like they're like oh serious accusations this and that. I said okay well it was just a thought and just like they have thoughts and opinions on why they made this choice and all that I can also have thoughts and opinions doesn't mean I'm correct or they're correct right so yeah so if that's not the case then that's not the case but and I did I did I did thought it was interesting with the comment of I knew someone was going to say this but I'm like why would you think that in the first place then you know there could be merit to it. Don't know, but to your point, maybe no one knows. But I don't know who who knows who in, you know, in in our community and who talks to whom. And I have no idea of the meta, because in a lot of these kind of games, when you play online, small communities, there's a lot of meta involved, and it, it's inevitable because we're human. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I would say just this early, right? Like. You know, like picture it like, you know, you're starting your day off, right? Like you're just getting out of bed, right? It's not like your your bedroom's full of all your friends and they, you know, they know what's going on, right? As you're waking up, right? So that's how I would phrase it for the round starting is you're just getting out of bed. So nobody really knows what you've had for breakfast yet, right? That's the meta. Okay. Yeah, no, and, yeah that, and that's fair. That's fair. And then look, if I said something that was, you know, it wasn't meant to be intentionally... Uh, insulting all that because that's not what i was trying to do it was just a thought i had and if it's wrong then i apologize for being wrong in, in that sense yeah, the well, only you way know, you can know. i don't think you need to yeah like it's just you know we're humans right like we're gonna make mistakes right so it's just that's just the reality right so you know it is what it is but you know, we're we're all about having an open forum in the game, right? And, you know, the only way you can really have a great game is having a great community and being able to comfortably share what your opinions and thoughts are on, on all things, right? And I think, you know, as long as we can establish a, a good place where people are comfortable sharing their thoughts and opinions on stuff, then I think we're doing a good job. You know, and you're not always going to like what the other person has to say, but you have to respect the fact that they can say it freely and openly, you know? Yeah. And the only way you would know is if someone in that realm said anything. And it sounded like there were only, I don't know, maybe six to eight people really active in the pack wouldn't have said anything to anyone. Like, I'm definitely not giving anyone any hints of where I am and don't plan on telling people where I'm at in this episode today. But, like, I just, I believe him when he says he didn't know, but maybe I'm too trusting or naive. I don't know. But, I just think it would be hard to know at this point. Yeah, I yeah. just I believe him. If he said that he didn't know it, I believe him. I mean, speaking for ourselves, we had our um, uh, suspicions that it was uh, Rio's back in round six, because Rio said last round in one of the these podcasts he said something like, uh, or in in the uh, GPC feedback channel, that Goblin is pretty much a guarantee to compete for the win. So when I saw the two goblins, I, I thought it would be Rio, but yeah, I don't think anyone at that point knew who was where. where. Yeah, yeah, I guess it, what you're saying is like nobody had confirmed anybody's location or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can only guess and then look at... Uh you know, the training patterns and the like, even though it seems like most top players actually never sleep, which is another new thing actually I found in Dominion compared to Elveron. I don't think we had that B from memory where people were training literally every tick, especially in the beginning. Yeah. 
we ourselves did not have that level of uh, dedication, like setting an alarm every two hours during the night. But no. yeah, that that's something that it's slowly uh, slowly uh, uh, becoming uh, normal. Maybe for you not yet, but uh, for me sometimes. No, yeah, I'm definitely like... uh, <laughs> not gonna <laughs> put an alarm at three a.m. and wake up the my partner because uh, you know I don't think anything's worth that. Not even to me. Yeah. No, especially yeah, if you want well, breakfast in bed, you're not going to do that. And especially if you want to sleep in the bed. More importantly. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, do you prefer the couch or the bed, right? That's the question you got to ask. Actually, our dogs sleep on the couch, so I wouldn't even be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> wow, so the dog would have priority over your couch. I think so. We've got two dogs. They have their own little beds on our couch. So, yeah, I'd rather the bed. So do we want to talk any changes we think that we would want or just move on from this topic now? Or, Well, I will say that not none of you three know, but uh, there is a separate server that uh, has a bunch of folks in it that are talking about possible fixes. So we'll let them kind of talk it through. But I will say there's an active discussion going on with, um, I don't know, at least like 10. 10 or so people that are, you know, making long posts and trying to figure out uh, a fix for it. So, you know, I would just let them do the process and, and see what they come up with, right? Because, you know, it's obviously come to the point where you can't have whole packs abandoning all the time now, right? Because this would be back-to-back -back rounds now where we've had a, a, a mass abandonment, right? And the only thing I would say to that is I'm... If, if there's abandonment that was going to take place, I'm glad that it happened early as opposed to later, right? Yeah, and I hope we don't overreact too much. I don't want to see people abandoning, but I also feel like that was a choice that didn't have to be made. Um, but we want people to enjoy this game, but it is still a game, and people can make choices, whether we think it's the right choice or the wrong choice. Um, but as a Team game, like, once again, I felt bad for those that got left behind, and I'm glad they got to go somewhere, but I almost feel, and this is not the right answer, but if you abandoned, you're not allowed to pack the next round you play or something. Like, you're not being a team player. Um, you're not, like, this affected the whole game. Like, you're on your own. But once again, that's not the right answer. But uh, I don't know. I feel like there should be, Especially if you're abandoning several rounds in a row. I know several of these, it was the first time ever, but I just feel like like I wouldn't want to be paired with that pack. I mean, I would because they're really good, but um, like I wouldn't want a whole pack of people abandoning on me if if they don't feel like things are going their way right off. There's no penalty for abandoning, is there, right now? Like, you know, when you play any other game like i don't know dota league of legends overwatch whatever and you quit like competitive which effectively this is there's always a penalty right and then every time you do it it's a harsher and harsher penalty so right now there, there is no penalty for abandoning no and i don't know if there should be because there are legitimate cases and i mean even this is legitimate they didn't think it was going to be fun for them they wanted to make a statement they were able to push the button like there's nothing 
necessarily wrong with what they did, but I would like there to be, I don't know, something. Yeah, and I would say I don't think we should ever pursue punitive punishments for stuff like this because it's like each round is its own unique entity, right? So I look at it yeah. like next round is a complete freshly new slate, right? So you can do whatever you want in that new slate. So, you know, what's the penalty moving forward, right? Maybe it affects, you know, your your rankings and, and pairing with, with other people, right? Maybe it affects that. But even then, it's just like, you know what? Move on. It's a new round. You know, it, the game is meant Everyone to be Everyone deserves a fresh start. You know? <laughs> yeah, it totally, right? Like, you just... It, you just got to keep in mind that it's a game and it's supposed to be fun, right? So you never want to have like punitive elements in it if you can avoid it. I would definitely thumbs down them though at the end of the round. Can anyone thumbs down them since they're all alone? Like, does that? I don't know how much that actually affects placement or anything, but but they get a thumbs down from me. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, it started last round or two rounds ago. Too. So yeah, yeah every, like the once end. the game is over, you can thumbs up or thumbs down. And the only people I ever thumbs down are the people that A are mm -hmm. hiding their lifetime rank from the realm, or B are just not joining Discord and wanting to participate in what the realm's doing. Those are the only times I thumbs down people because you want to like have a strong realm and community within that realm, right? So in order to have that, you got to show up, you know? Yeah, I had three guys in my realm last time that ended up with decent finishes, but um, they talked a tiny bit before the realm started and they talked the last three to four days of the round, complained that they didn't like how things were going when they hadn't talked for 40 days. But but yeah, like this is a team game. What I love about it is the community, getting to know people like the three of you. Uh, if people aren't communicating and just playing on their own, like I don't, I want teammates that are going to talk and participate and like work together. And you're going to have some banter. Like that's one thing that uh, B and I always uh, try to infuse. I mean, I usually fail miserably, but. You know, like just uh, have that community team type spirit, like whether, you know, like when you're playing sport or in a club or whatever it is or with mates, right? Like, because when you're playing it the, the way we play, you do spend a lot of time, right? It's almost the same as working, like, you know, with your work colleagues or whatever it may be, but it's more fun. Um, so I think that is very important. And Murph, what you said before about wanting to have that kind of transparent and like the platform and the ability to just, talk through things and have that fun i think is vital and i think for the most part it i think we have that uh unless i'm mistaken or if there's things that have happened in the past but uh from the bit that i've seen since we've joined um and question i don't know there's no real answer to it but when was the last time there was ever a poll done of like in the discord like who's having fun and like what was the result <laughs> I mean, I've never seen one, but people, most people I've, keep coming I've never back, seen so a, they must be having some fun. Yeah. I've never seen a fun poll, <laughs> right? <laughs> Usually, well, like, just specifics or so like, something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we keep talking about fun, so I'm just wondering, like, how do, we, how do we measure that to make sure it is fun? 
because it ties into that this whole thing about blopping that we've been talking about. Like blopping in reality is only fun for the person doing it, right? So and what's fun for one person isn't necessarily fun for another. Well, not only not for another, but actually not for a whole group of people because one person can blop endless amount of people, subject to obviously the restrictions of strength and all that kind of stuff. But uh, and matter, but. Uh, you know what I mean? So one person can actually detrimentally affect multiple people. So uh, I'm just wondering, yeah. like, what percentage of players are bloppers or consider themselves bloppers? And, you know, like, I, I've been hearing some I stuff. I would say, you know, you have about a third of the community that probably likes Black Ops and, and does that just as part of their fun that they experience through the game. You have a third that are, like, ultra competitive or always trying to, like, wanting to win and then you have a third that's you know just casual that likes a little black ops likes a little competitive depending on how much time they have in in, in a given round right but on top of that i would just say always play this game in a way that you're having fun with it but make sure it doesn't take over your life right like be sure to get full sleep right because if you're gonna be waking up every two to three hours and i know that you can do that in the short term but over like, but look at your, you know, your resume of playing Dom, right? Like, do you want to do that for 25 rounds in a row, right? I would say, no, please don't do that to yourself, right? Just find a niche where the game is complementary to your life, right? Yeah, that's a good call. And, but see, that's the whole underlying issue is that people will have different lives, different things to adapt. And then we're all kind of, in this kind of, uh, you know, in this one place, but all coming from different walks of life. And so with the ultra competitive people, like what we've seen, you know, that leads to those outcomes. And then those that are black oping, for example, their fun is doing the black ops. But the people who are ultra competitive and the people who are casual, their play style doesn't necessarily instigate for a lot of people. And a lot of black oppers don't either. But back to my first question from a bit earlier was, why does blopping have so much uh, scope to to change realms and rounds? Like, is that what's happened now? Is that always been the case? Like the little bit we've seen in a few rounds, you know, they get blopped, they get hard, and then they lose, you know, a lot. But is that always been the case with blopping? Yeah, fewer... it's Black Ops has always been around, right? Because you want that element of chance where nothing in the game is a certitude right so you always have like that creeping suspicion like is today the day that i'm gonna get you know my castle lightning bolted or am i gonna get fireballed right so you always want to have that element of chance yeah. in the game where nothing is a given certitude and if you're asking the bloppers they'll tell you they feel like they don't get to impact the game and that what they do doesn't really hurt very much which obviously is somewhere in between the two. And no one oh, complains about like when attackers attack someone that it's not fun for them. But if someone gets opt, then, oh, that's not fun. I mean, I guess no one likes being attacked either. So I'm sure they do say that. But like saying, oh, well, this impacts this person negatively is a war game. And no matter what you do to someone, it's impacting them negatively, whether it be blops or attacking or or whatever. But that's the yeah nature of the game is that 
when someone's attacking, someone's going to get hit. That's not fun. When you get blopped, okay, that's not fun either. I think it was more like the impact that the blopping has. And, you know, like you said, I think before, was it, I can't remember if it was Dave or Murph, where mid-round, late-round, it's harder for bloppers to have that impact because they're either, you know, not in range or whatever it may be. But the issue then is that the incentive, like we've seen this round, is to go early. And then going early then leads to, I mean, it's not always going to lead to abandonment, but it will lead to unfun or, you know, not very fun situations. And the point is because it's so early, someone goes, well, is there any point to do this for another 40 days? So how do you <laughs> solve that problem without taking away, you know, possibly allowing them to impact? But, you know, that's a question for this, I guess, everyone. That's what everyone's talking about at the moment. And that's the the gold question. The like, how do you balance? There's no way to. I mean, there's a way to balance it perfectly. But no matter what you do, someone's going to be unhappy somewhere. And I'm sure they'll look at that, and hopefully, it's something that all sides can come to some kind of agreement. Because we definitely don't want want people leaving and not enjoying the game. But that does go both ways for attackers and um, those that want to do the black ops yeah no that's uh that's fair i was gonna just slightly digress i was reading last round or something where people were saying explorers don't deserve to win so i was just wondering what you guys thought of that i mean they deserve to win as much as anyone but it's definitely a more boring way to play i've only explored well, I mean, I guess I explored the rounds at the beginning when I was just being a black opera that was exploring, but I did a terrible job of it and stayed too small because I built way too many spies and wizards. But, um, I mean, it's a legitimate play style, and if you're able to win, then you deserve to win. It gets really hard that last week, though, when attackers can get these huge hits and gain three, four, five hundred acres when exploring is... You just can't explore that many acres at the end. So, like, you can win as an explorer, more power to you. But I would just, my personal play style is, once again, impacting the game. We talk about how attackers and black operas are able to impact the game. Other than, like, being able to get ops, info ops on all the top people, and discussion, and um, trying to help your realm and support. It is kind of hard to impact the game too much as an explorer. So I guess you're not in, if you're not impacting the game, you don't deserve to win. I don't know, but I think if you can do it, great. You deserve to win. Yeah, I would say exploring is probably the hardest way to win, right? If you look at like our Valhalla, um, I would say explorers are probably the the least represented in there for the the top spot right overall they do pretty good um but outright winning it's probably the hardest to do as an explorer as opposed to a fast attacker or converter and it depends like what your goal is like is your goal to win then it's probably not the best play style but if you say oh i want to hit six thousand acres this round or seven thousand acres or um, i just want to have a top 10 finish or something like it's a lot easier way to reach those goals than fast attacking or some of these other strategies for sure. Like most fast attackers are not going to get like top 20 in the game at the end of the round. 
But if you're an explorer and you know what you're doing, you can probably get top 20. Not fairly easy, but easy. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, B, B and I are very similar in that. I think we always go for the win. Like, would rather the realm wins or we push someone for the win? Uh, I presume most of the top packs are like that. Um, even if it means that we don't get our individual top rank. The only time we'll do that is if you got like no chance of pushing for the win. But then given what I've seen in Dom, it seems like anything could happen. Maybe not this round, but the previous rounds in the last couple of days. And I still think anything can happen this round. It's going to be really tough, but I mean, I'm not going to declare someone a winner on day seven or eight. But true, they could uh, capitulate themselves. Sometimes possibly. people make mistakes and things happen and you never know, but they're definitely definitely some people in the lead. Well, and given yeah, you that we're all... Have, uh... I was just going to say, you still have some competitive fast attackers there. Um, specifically, you know, 8 and 11, right? Where you have some competitive edge there that, you know, who knows what could happen, right? Like, you know, we're still pretty early. You know, you could uh, surprise somebody or somebody misses something and, and that could change the round, right? Yeah, we're all human. So something could happen. You could sleep in. Yeah, you could miss a miss a miss a opportunity. Uh, anything could happen, right? And I think that's why every time uh, you know we think there's a runaway, and then it turns out it's not a runaway. So, and, and I think like it becomes almost self fulfilling. Like I feel like if everyone keeps saying it, then it's more likely people will just give up because people slow down, they don't log in as much. Or, but if you kind of keep going to the end, I mean. You know, maybe the more experienced players are more cynical and can already forecast exactly the next 40 days. I don't know. But I don't think it's really over till it's literally impossible. And with such a numbers based game, and I think, you know, a lot of you, a lot of the player base are very, you know, maths heavy. They can probably almost calculate if it's something, you know, mathematically impossible or possible. So I say we move on from this. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite? Realm theme this round. Oh, the uh, the the Excel one is just interesting. That's my least favorite theme. <laughs> Trying to type them in and remember what they're called or reference them in like our Dominion chat is <laughs> confusing. Yeah, it was. Um, that's the other thing I thought was interesting was the names. Uh, there's no um they don't have to be G rated. So when I first first joined the first round ever, I, I think I used ChatGPT to come up with my name. I said come up with a good kingdom name that sounds from a fantasy. I can't remember what I input uh what input I put in and so I came up with this ridiculous name and then I looked at everyone else's names and I thought, Oh, I'm playing with twelve year olds. Right. <laughs> so it's kinda of morphed. My names have morphed over the, the rounds to just get more and more uh juvenile, I think. Yeah, I also like the Realm 12's names. They're quite funny, actually. I mean, Realm yeah. 6's Realm name is amazing, so good job, Fett or whoever it was that, that, that named, named them after they moved everyone out. Yeah, that was pretty yeah, good. And yeah, I, that's, I think uh... 4 was pretty good, too. There's so many people that went with the theme. 
You said four? Yeah, all the gods. Yeah, four is yeah. good. Yeah, quite The less unknown gods. Oh, that was yeah. very, very creative. And there's so many as well. And I think that's pretty cool. Like, when everyone kind of lies on a theme, I think that's, that's pretty awesome. But then that obviously involves all going on Discord because then you're going to get some random person that just, just has a name that just sounds terrible. Yeah. That doesn't go. And I love, like, the first thing I do when I'm making a name is type it in the GIF bar thing and see what comes up. Like, if it's not GIFable, like, it's not going to be my name. We're not going with that. Who is the most gifable? Would you say? Just like uh, generally speaking. I think one of the people that got gifted the most was also there in Realm 4, Testicles. He had quite a string of gifts after he got ransacked. Pun <laughs> <laughs> <Fun> unintended. <laughs> <laughs> Have there been any names that were like too obscene that they had to change? I know there was the one of where they were confusing because they had different race names. And I think that was a couple of rounds ago, round one. But anything like that was too inappropriate? Has that ever been a thing? I know we've had one person that was definitely or account that was a lot of discussion on if it was appropriate. Um, but most people just kind of, I mean, we don't want people to be uncomfortable here um, based on somebody's name. But so there is definitely a line and should be a line, but most people pretty ro roll with whatever. Yeah, I always look at uh, pack themes or realm themes, I guess is kind of how it goes now, is just a fun way of, uh, you know, expressing, you know, a cool idea or or an idea within an idea right so you kind of let your creativity flow right and you can definitely see that with realm four like that is so creative like, like props to them right i think four has the best theme because it's just so unique right like i've never seen anything like this before so props to them i think they're uh doing excellent in the creative department but there are a lot of realms that are pretty on theme this round so i think people did a pretty good job of at least getting on board you always have some that that don't but as i'm looking through the realms you definitely have the majority of most realms that are on theme whether their theme is good or not like they're at least on board yeah no true and I, I think that's that's pretty cool um because in uh, in Elveron, we were only also had a realm of five, I think, or six. I can't remember. Me. But um, so we didn't have these such large realms. So that made it always a bit more interesting and a bit easier to be on theme as well. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to get something that 12 people can be on theme. Yeah, and sometimes you have disagreements in the realm, so it splits off into two different themes, right? So it's always fun yeah. to see. Uh, some people get a, a pretty um, determined, let's say, with what they want. Then you get those random yep. people that just keep their same name every realm, no matter what, and you know exactly who they are. Oh, I'm glad uh, a certain person has changed their name the last two rounds. So. Oh. Curious who he is. 
He's obviously learning some things if I don't haven't figured it out yet. Oh, I think we have a guess, but could be wrong. Can't reveal anyone. Yeah, let's just say he's probably well represented in some sort of ranking. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I honestly haven't really looked too much into it, so I'm probably I mean could. it's only it's only day uh what is it? Day seven, seven of eight. the route, right? Or day eight, like and it's crazy that so much has already happened and like it it feels like every round so far it's I don't know, I've not really found anything boring, but maybe because we're fresh. So it's all kind of still a bit um you know, like honeymoon period. And I could imagine if you've played like round after round after round, it would I don't know. Do you guys ever get a point where you're like, I just need a break and don't do the tester or but we, you don't do the tester, but you still keep looking at your phone because it's like crack. Like what's I'm still the... fairly new, but I'm also probably addicted to it. I have skipped the last two testers to give myself a little bit of a break. Part of that was this last one. Um, the Hydra went on vacation, so we were all out of town the first weekend of the tester, so most of us took it off. Yeah, I find that, uh, you know, you just play within your strengths and what you're comfortable with as a lifestyle, right? So for me personally, I like to get, you know, seven or eight hours of sleep and I will almost never wake up to uh, to do anything over those seven or eight hours, right? And then throughout the course of the day, if I have my phone, I can check it and do this and do that, right? And if we need to organize, okay, I can set some time aside and we have to organize to do this, right? But for me, it's just, I always um, find that I can play Dom as long as it complements what I like to do in my real life, right? And if I find that it takes it over too much, then I find that, okay, great. It's doing that. I'm just going to take a step back and get comfortable, right? And then make sure it doesn't, right? Because you always want to have a nice balance, right? Because if something in your life takes over so much of your time, then you start to hate it. Right. And I never want to be in that stage for me with Dom because I appreciate what Dom is. And to me, it's just fun. So I want to keep it in a space for me that is fun. You know, you never want any game to take over your life where you're choosing to do it over living your life. Like sometimes we do need an escape and it's nice to have this community um, and something that you're working towards and setting goals and having fun. But yeah, once you're giving up your sleep on the regular or choosing not to do other things because you want to play something online, like it's probably time to take a break for a round or, or so. Or just yeah, address I... your race selection, right? Don't play yeah. a crazy race where you have no turtle, you know? Yeah. Be an explorer for a round or just, like we all need to have balance and I know we put a lot of time and energy into this game and we love it and we're competitive and emotions can get high in those rough times. But I hope that this is a game that we come to for fun, for community, where we're able to kind of escape a little bit, but enjoy our lives and have some fun. I actually was inspired by Zeus a little bit last round when he was with us in the realm because you know, when you play as a decker, you're always in constant stress about, okay, should I make this hit? Is my DP high enough? Is that guy going to hit me, yes or no? 
And at some point I was like, okay, this is almost not fun anymore because I want to make a hit, but I can't, I can't do it because it's not safe. And I'm playing a war game, but I'm just sitting doing nothing. This is not fun at all. And then I saw Zeus. He made a hit when he felt that he, uh, when he, when he felt that it was the, the right time to make a hit, and he didn't bother at all if he, if he got hit. And I was like, yeah, I mean, why should someone, it's a game, why should you worry so much about getting hit? If you don't get hit, it's fine. If you get hit, it's only a game. It should not take over your life. So yeah, it is, seeing how he played it last round and the round before, it's also, yeah, it was kind of a uh, an eye-opener that... Uh, and there's different ways of of playing and yeah it's like it's like a carefree you know like sometimes when you you look at someone out the window and they like live in this life and it's you're like you almost think you can't do it but you actually can and, and i guess to all your point it's like you said it's about balance and not getting it too serious because then it becomes a chore and i think that's where you know taking that step back and i don't know but at the same time, it's like I don't know about about you guys, but B and I have been in situations where we're at we're been, we're at a dinner or you know out with our partner or something, and it's like I think a couple rounds ago, it was the I, I was like one hundred percent going to get a hit all in, and uh, you know I could see all the failed ops and the draftings being killed, and I was at dinner with uh, with my partner, and I said, oh, I just need to uh, just be on standby and try to make sure that this guy doesn't hit me, and you know. She was like, "Yeah, okay, that's fair enough." But I could imagine, like, if uh, you do that again and again, it, it then it probably is a bit much. Yeah, if it's every so often, it's okay. I remember a couple of rounds ago when Sly and I and our pack were trying to do that snare hit on Dan, and I was the king at that time and trying to organize everyone to be on at that time. And we only had five of us in range, and we knew we needed at least four of us if we wanted to have any chance of pulling it off. And trying to work out the schedules of the time zones and everything else. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep and I don't want to set an alarm and wake up. I'm like, this is like a round changing opportunity, one time thing. Like, can you not just set an alarm one time? We're not asking you this all the time. And I don't know, maybe cross the line trying to push people. But we, I mean, we pulled it off. But I don't know. Those times when it's every so often isn't a big deal. But yeah, if you're ignoring your family and causing we don't want to cause family issues with people either definitely on a regular basis that's why i said point all day on the same and you gotta look at it sorry sorry for cutting you off there but i would just equate it to you know uh, when you were younger and you always had like the family dinners right and what did mom and dad always tell you get off your phone Talk to us. I don't know. What Get do they off tell your you? Phone. <laughs> like, Sit with us it's at the either table. a, yeah, either a, you know, get off your phone at the table, right? Like this is family time. We're here to enjoy each other's company. Or b, make sure your elbows are off the table, right? So you always have little rules that you know you got to follow in society, right? So for me, uh, my rules are like whenever I'm taking like a nice long hike or I'm taking my dog out for a nice long walk. I don't bring my phone with me, right? Like, that's just me time, right? I don't know. I remember one time you said you were going to walk your dog and you definitely made an attack. Well, you got to, you know, you got <laughs> spices of variety of life, right? You can't always be honest. <laughs> you need the, uh, the, the higher altitude in the hike, you know, to, to make that hit. 
make the right exactly. yeah the the wi-fi was not reaching me at the current sea level i was at going for a swim never take my phone when i'm going going for a swim oh you could though you just get one of those waterproof Go, things going to disneyland take ops. take ops while you're swimming <laughs> I mean, that's the whole um, thing with the phone. Like, the, the uh, interface is so good on the phone that you can literally play it anywhere, which I think is quite, quite awesome. For such a yeah. convoluted game with a pretty steep learning curve, it's, uh, it's quite amazing. Yeah, it was game-changing being able to play on the phone. Yeah, I don't know if you've had to log into work in the old school, old days. And, you know, you have to make sure, like, no one's looking over at you, like, you're logging into this, like, really colorful, because Elveron was really, it looked like a fantasy website, because it was, like, dark, it had, like, you know, it was a black background, green, you know, you had, like, elves-looking stuff everywhere, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and it's pretty obvious, so, you know, you, you're kind of logging in and putting the screen small and hoping, like, no one walks by, or at university, I think. Yeah, at least Open Dominion looks kind of spreadsheety, although it's... Dominion is blocked at my work, so I can't get on my computer, which is unfortunate. So if I wasn't able to play on my phone, I probably wouldn't be able to play. So I couldn't go eight hours without getting on and survive. But it's also what facilitates uh, getting up a bit earlier if you happen to wake up early. You know, first thing is... Even though it's kind of ironic because we're talking about like you know, what's best for life and sleep and health. But, and they always say like, don't look at your phone first thing in the morning and don't look at your phone <laughs> the last thing before you go to bed. But I'm pretty sure I'm talking for myself, like Dom's first, last thing I look at and pretty much the first thing I'll look at. Yep. I yeah, set but... my alarm for 5.55 AM. I mean, I could probably do 5.58, but just so I can get that last, that hour. Yeah. And I could probably wake up at like 6.15. And if I'm going to bed and it's like, 10 40 at night i'm like oh, i should probably just stay up 20 more minutes and get the next hour oh i've done that so many times at 11 so yeah, so, I mean, it... <laughs> and then oh, something God. happens at 10 59 then you have to do something at 11 01 until 11 59 so you stay up all night in the end <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> B, you were up like a couple times when i think you were waiting to make attacks and you're like look because the thing with me, I, I love this, is that you'll go, I can make an attack. And then you go, cool, all right, what can you send? And then it's like, okay, if this realm sends, then that other realm can send, which then means that third top OP is this one, and then I can do it. And it's like, oh, okay. It's not complicated at all. And then the next three hours, just waiting to slowly see if all those dominoes fall. And sometimes they do, I think. I think you've actually made a few hits staying up until 4 a.m. Yeah, well, not staying up, but I mean, when, when it was pretty likely that it would end up happening like uh, predicted, then I would bother to set the alarm. But if there are too many uh, too many uh, variables that have to fall your way, then I would just sleep through the night. But if it's just one guy that should send at that time and you're pretty sure he would do it, then uh, yeah, might as well uh, make the sacrifice to set the alarm. Especially well, the best time tracking. to gamble... The best time to gamble in the round is early, right? Because there's so many moving parts. So, you know, when any, when anybody ever asks me in our realm chat server, you know, hey, should I make this attack? I always post the gif, uh, Vegas, baby. Because <laughs> you just don't know. You got to play the gamble sometimes, you know? 
Yeah, I always do the um, Starsky and Hutch one, where it's like, do it. You know, the Ben Stiller? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So same, same, so, same token, but it's it's almost like the hope, really. Yeah. So tying into some more uh, round talk here, because we're getting a little long in the tooth here. Um, what do you guys think of uh, the wonders that are out there this round? There are some pretty interesting ones. It's uh, surprising that the Fountain of Youth has not popped up. Well, it did actually, but it was removed. But uh, no, I think there are uh, interesting ones. And I, I was actually surprised that the the ancient library was the first one to be taken, except for the 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 blob wonder. But for the let's say non-blob wonders, I was surprised that uh, the Ancient library was the first one to uh, be taken. Which one were you expecting to fall first? Yeah, I was thinking the 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 casualties one would be the first Ruby. one to go. The Ruby one, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm surprised. Fact, Legends is a nice one too. Like it's not like the the penultimate like one, but. It helps everybody in your realm. We've had it before in our realm. And it's yeah. for explorers or attackers. Like It's really helpful to cut down on those costs and then be able to spend that on your military or exploring or whatever. I like that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Now, I was just thinking with, with the early battle between fast attackers, this would be maybe one of the realms with fast attackers going for the ruby as soon as, as they could. But maybe they were too busy pumping up their numbers to outcompete the other. I'm just waiting for Murph's realm to take the Astral Panopticon. Yeah. Hmm. The, uh, I hate that wonder. I hate that wonder <laughs> so much. The, um, we really should get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Nothing's more annoying than that one from... I mean, I'm not exactly across all these wonders. Um, but you know the one that was 50% uh, chance of reflection or failing? And then you combine mm -hmm. that with crazy high spywares. That was that was annoying. But talking about that, the uh, hanging gardens. I don't know about what I've no, I don't know what you guys think from previous rounds, but I feel like that's a bit of a trap. It gives you that food production. You get you know this, you know sense of um, false sense of security. Don't build your farms. Someone takes it off you, and then you stop. That's true. Although probably not too many people are going to try and take it from you. Probably stuck with it most of the round. <laughs> yeah, I look at that one. I look at that one like, how much land is that going to save me, right? So, you know, the typical Dom, you're running between like 6 and 8% farms, right? Uh, depending on your docks, if you're an attacker, right? But usually it's 68%. Um, so the potential for that is like, you know, Two, if it's eight, you'd go down to six. So it gives you two percent more. Yeah, it gives you like two and a half percent more land to play around with, right? So, you know, you look at Hanging Gardens, and it's actually a, a pretty significant wonder if you do the math behind it. And being able to put an extra two percent into guard towers or homes or whatever, like it's a 
pretty good boost in that other area. Yeah, the the only other thing is like Sai was saying, right? You gotta make sure you keep it, right? Or else you're gonna have a food yeah. deficit. You're gonna starve. Yeah. Or at least you can like, see his combat if they're trying to take it from you. But you do get a day before they can attack it, so you've got yeah. twenty four hours plus however long it takes you to take it to know that. I mean, you, you gotta, start bringing in those combat. farms, so you should be able to combat that. Well, if you're an explorer, it'd be very easy. But if you're an attacker, obviously, it depends on the cycle, right? Yeah, I mean, at the very least, you could rezone your daily bonus, and I mean, twenty extra farms should should help you. Yeah, and B and Psy, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, usually when the wonders fall, it's not necessarily to um, the fast attacking realms first, right? Because odds are they're not going to help take the wonder, right? Because they're going to be afraid to leave the guards because once you leave the guards, you know, you're, it's open season for black ops on you, right? So your top attackers aren't going to help almost 99% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, that is a, that is a good point. I feel like we're going to see a lot of uh, guard action, if not already. For a lot of this round, what do you guys? I think? remember when well, I yeah, was newer. The guard... Yeah, sorry. The guard, you're gonna really see that ramp up towards the mid round, right? Because that's when the fast attackers begin to get starvation, right, for targets that are available, right? So, in order to get bottom fed on, if you're in the second or third tier of attacking, you definitely want to go elite guard, right? Yeah, and. So, but then obviously the issue is, is that you're going to assume that if someone is out of your range and you're in the second or third level, that they will have the, you know, ability to to hit you and you can't spy on them because they're out of your range, right? So you just assume by default. Right, but hit. then you rely on your realm mates to get ops, right? So if you're entering a range, you get your bigger realm mate, ideally someone who's in range of that person, to get their ops to tell you, you know, okay, this is the number you need to survive. Yeah, correct. Except unless there's someone who's kind of run away and then no one's in their range. That's when all of us would default to go to guard, I presume. Yeah. That, that yeah. extent has almost has almost never happened, right? Where there's nobody in somebody's range. Usually there's like a big explorer that's in range and you can kind of opt that explorer to kind of get a baseline of what the defense is, ballpark-wise, of what you need right. to enter range, right? So you kind of have you kind of have a number to work with at some point. Yeah. Yeah, we did see that um, a couple of rounds ago, just by accident, that uh, one of us was was in range when we were trying to figure out what on earth the top of he was about one week to the left in the round. So, and, so that, that that's another point that, that back to the blocks thing that I was talking about is if you stay here long enough and try and explore properly, you can provide support with blops and ops right at the end, which I think is very important. Well, that's a key component to the game, right? Is the intel, right? You need information to succeed at this game. And if you have a lack of information, it's to the detriment of your dominion and your realm. Correct. So blobs are built to, well, do ops, right? And so, you know, back to the whole point of like, what role do they have? Yes, they need to have an impact, but at the same time, you know, they can support the, you know, the runners or pretty much the whole realm by being in range and, you know, having that impact at the end, not directly, but still indirectly. 
if you know what I mean. Totally. Well, yeah, that and right, they help a large large amount of the time. The people that are getting the wonders for you are your ops people, right? Because they're cycloning the wonders. Correct. We need everybody. Yeah, I think there is a positive uh, trend uh, going on as far as it didn't get exist. But when you listen to the Rush Hour podcast, you you hear more and more often that, especially AGFX is the one that uh, mentions it most often, that as a blocker, you don't only have to... uh, uh, yeah, build up your blob strength, but you also should, should try to actually explore and stay in range. So, uh, yeah, it looks like big bloppers, the ones that can actually stay in range of the very largest kingdoms, will become a thing, which is a good thing, a positive thing. Because if the bloppers remain small and they start targeting random kingdoms because they cannot reach the top kingdoms, then there's a lot of fun to be uh, lost for those smaller kingdoms getting blocked basically for nothing. And uh, this this brings us to the uh, geography segment of this pod. Uh, what can we learn about Utah today, Dave? Oh, it's a good question. You'd think I'd be prepared for this. I mean, life is good in Utah. The basketball season just started, so um, I'm excited for that. College football is in full swing. The Utes are doing really good. Game day is here today. So kind of always nice when you're doing really doing really well there. Uh, that's more sports I than think, geography, uh... but... but I was about to say, I'm like, wait, <laughs> like, I'm like giving you a nice like road path here, and you're like, I'm taking the off ramp immediately. Uh, but I would say, you know, going into winter, right? I would say skiing in Utah is pretty good. So, you know, are there some good like ski resorts people should hit up in Utah? Definitely. I mean, um, we had the Winter Olympics in 2002, and we're going to have the Olympics here again in the next 10 years, most likely. But we have a whole lot of top class winter sports stuff. So a lot of amazing, any winter sport thing you want to do, we have world-class spots to do it. Some of them are expensive. We also have some that aren't world-class, but yeah, you can do it all. We did get our first kind of snowstorm this week, so it's going to be a good time to come and visit. I think, uh, what about bobsledding? How are we with bobsledding in Utah? Um, They do have spot. I think, I assume they didn't like tear it down or anything. So, um, I'm sure so there is happen. a place where we can bobsled. I assume so. I haven't been there. I'm more of a curling kind of guy. I'm, I don't want to go down in a bobsled. I think I might kill myself. Well, have you yeah, never seen it, Cool Runnings? I was oh, just yeah, about I love to cool say. Runnings. Has it evolved since Cool Runnings? Because that's the only exposure I've ever had to bobsled. <laughs> and that was a 1993 movie or something, I think. We have this thing oh, called was, the Alpine Slide. It's like a super cheap version of like bobsledding almost. You just kind of get on this big giant sled that goes down the mountain and it has a little chute that you can go down. It's not anywhere near as fast or dangerous as bobsledding, but it's kind of fun to go every so often just in this little 
you're on this kind of little sled thing that you can control just how fast or slow it goes, or I guess it just it has some brakes that you can go down. You're not really turning, like well, you're kind of locked in, but. You know what's the craziest sport out there? Is that skeleton one where you're going head first, right, on a sled <laughs> down a freaking bobsled track. Like, who the heck is crazy enough to do that, right? Like, to me, that's like terminal injury central doing that. How do you practice that? Like, is that like their first run ever? And it's like, well, just go for it and hopefully you survive. And yeah, good luck. Yeah, I don't know. It's like pole vaulting. You know, like when you actually look at it and break it down, it looked quite difficult to actually get into. If you've seen like when they make mistakes. Yeah, you're going to run with this really long pole and you got to put it in this little spot and then you're going to fling yourself clear up into the air and hope you land right and don't land and break your leg. That sounds that like sound? an education sound talk we had when we were 10, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, it makes you wonder how that sport got invented, right? Like, <laughs> you know, was it like a, a guy that was just trying to like jump somebody's fence to get somebody's sheep or like, you know, how did that sport get invented? There's some medieval thing where you're trying to get over castle walls and it must have been like a jousting stick and then they must have tripped and then realized they could fling themselves and go, oh, we could turn this into a sport. All right. So yeah, uh, just wrapping up the here. Well, anyway, I guess the one geography point we could make, because we didn't make any at all, even though we led with <laughs> geography, um, I would say maybe not many people know this about Utah, but the Rocky Mountains are in Utah, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, geography point of the day, we have the Rocky Mountains in Utah. You heard it here first from Dave. If there are mountains. We even have lakes and rivers and plateaus. One's a big salt lake. Canyons. Um, yeah. So to wrap, so to wrap up this pod because we're getting like <laughs> way long now. Um, is there any last points that you'd like to make? I'll start with B. Uh, B, is there anything you want to like touch on that you thought we missed or something you want to say um, on the pod here? Yeah, I have one question, one final question from my side for you, Murph, which is what are your realm's win chances this round? Because last round at this <laughs> time they were 50%. So I'm wondering what it is this time. I'm going to give you a solid... Um, right now, I'm feeling 20. I'm at 20% win chance right now. Good. That's not Dave, bad. Uh, any final, final thoughts? Oh, no. I think I'm good. You'll hear from me again this round, so I don't have to use all my, my tidbits right away. i got to save a couple, right? Well, yeah, Dave, I'd like for you to um, think of some cool geography stuff for us to learn over the course of the round, right? Because we're going to be here chatting with each other for at least another three or four more episodes. Will do. And uh, Sai, uh, any final thoughts that uh, you want to share with the community? I just wanted to uh, say, you know, thanks for having us on the podcast uh, and just keep doing uh, what you're doing. And, you know, hopefully we, we keep moving towards that uh, future where we're, we're all kind of working together and uh, hopefully, you know, all end up on the same page and just have fun. I think that's the 
motto is just remember to have fun. And if it's not fun, to just step away. Yeah, and I think my final thoughts will be to remind B to post in that Facebook group with the Elberon guys, see if we can get some more folks to come on over and have some fun with us. And secondly, um, I will try to talk to Rio and, and get him uh, in on this pod at the end so we can edit it in. So if, if anybody is tuning in to hear from Rio, I will try to get that done here later today for you guys. And we'll have this pod pushed out sometime on Saturday. Because uh, right now we're recording this, it's like super early in the morning for me and Dave, right? Because B uh, is an Italian living in the Netherlands, and Sai is an Australian living in Australia. If you didn't think it, think I was going to say Australia, you were you were wrong. But uh, I want to thank B and Sai for taking time out of their day to uh, join us, and Dave, uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for having us. How are you doing? Good, good, good. You know, just uh, spending my plat almost every hour. How about yourself? I can happily say right now I am doing none of the sort. Um, it's strange, though, because you can still log in, which I found out once you've abandoned, so... Um, there's been a few times where I've been tempted to, and then I've probably checked maybe like three or four times a day just to see what's going on with the with the round. But yeah, definitely not spending any platinum on anything. See, I I figured you'd uh, spend all your time on Twinder now. You know, like Tinder, swiping left, swiping right. Hey, uh, yeah, why not? I need a new game, right? Well, you need something to suck your time off, right? Yeah, 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 true. It's uh, I'm sure it's going to be uh, a, a boring, uh, a boring few weeks until I find a new hobby. Yeah, right. And like, I don't know. I don't exactly know how much time you plan on taking off, or you know what your plans are. So maybe you can kind of fill in some people that are kind of worried about you, or you know, are just kind of like. You know, curious what's going to happen with real talk moving forward. You know. Yeah, so so I think so. I'll be I'll be off for the rest of this round. Obviously, I won't be playing um, the the podcast. I, I think since I won't really have a clue what's going on, um, I'll probably step away from that for this round as well. I don't plan for it to be a permanent. Um, you know, leaving permanently. Um, we'll, we'll see if I come back next round. Um, I know the the guys that also banned them, like my pack this round. I think they're all kind of keen to jump back in. Um, but yeah, not not really decided. We'll see. We'll see what kind of like the, the changes look like and stuff. Um, I expect I'll be back next round. Um, I, yeah, that's that's my expectation. But we'll we'll kind of see. Um, so yes, yeah, so everything's fine. Happy, but I, I have left the Discord server. I just figured it'd be good to get a clean break. And I didn't want to get drawn back into too many like arguments and debates about what's right and what's wrong. I figure let the uh, let these other players kind of talk it out and, and see what's best to go forward. Yeah, there were some people that were worried that since you left the Discord server, like, does that mean he's leaving permanently? And I said, you know, knowing him back in Classic, I heavily doubt that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more just uh, to kind of give myself a break and force myself away. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, like, throwing out all the toys with, with the pram or, or the bathwater or anything like that. So it's just um, 
give myself a little bit of a break. But I think people just still contact me because you've obviously been able to like PM me and a couple of other people have as well. So it's um yeah. I'm I'm still like I'm still there if anyone did want to um contact me. Yeah, like send you like a smiley face here and there kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even like Did you still, um... um so I get a few people um between rounds mainly who actually do kind of like ask for advice and stuff. Um so if anyone wants to do that as well, like I'm I'm still happy to talk. Obviously I don't have anything um invested now in terms of round and, and even even when I did I'll try to give fairly impartial advice. So if, if people do want to ask me questions, I'm I'm not completely away from the game, so um feel free to do that. You know, this is the first round where people know your location before they know mine. <laughs> exactly. But I'd still give us equal chances of winning. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh check out the realm name that Cody left you with? Uh I, I seen it but yeah, I can't remember what it says. Um it it wasn't it wasn't too cruel, um, from what I remember. It's uh we'll leave the lights on for you. Motel Six. So that's like a it's an advert. It's a famous advertisement for hotel chain. That's what they always see at the end of their ads. Right. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are going to be curious to see if you can talk about maybe a, a side conversation you had with Rush, maybe that we didn't see publicly. So I didn't speak to Rush at all. Um, I, I know. Um, I think. Versmai probably speaks to him more often than I do anyway. Um, I don't know if they've PM'd at all. Um, so I don't actually know if, if he said anything privately um, at all. I know he talked quite a lot publicly, and, and I had just listened to um, like the raw audio of the, of the podcast that you recorded earlier, um, and it sounded as though there was quite a lot of debate that he was talking about. But yeah, from, from my side, I've not spoken to him um, at all. So what were some of the takeaways for you from the pod we did earlier in the day? Yeah, so so I plan on kind of like get, getting into um what happened from kind of like from our perspective, my perspective in particular. Um I don't think I need to add too much to it because from listening to it, um B and and Sai, who other than PMs right after I abandoned, I've, I don't think I've spoken to them actually either at all but the two of them they really kind of managed to get a lot of our perspective right in terms of you know why we were frustrated like the um the fact that like it was just confusing to us it didn't kind of make sense on, in what we were doing and, and there was a good probably 90 percent, maybe 80 percent of, of what they said covered our opinions on the whole thing so um so i, I think they did a really nice job and, and it's nice when there's kind of like when there's fairly new blood coming in again um, and they just really kind of they really spoke well and and, and what they said um, yeah was, was was pretty decent. So besides the points that you agree with, um, what other kind of uh, takeaways do you have? Um, so I do kind of want, want to get into um, what we were hoping to get out of it and and kind of. Um, what we hope would happen going forward, but I feel as though it would kind of help if I kind of went back and like explained a few sort of concepts that I've probably talked about on the podcast in the past, 
but maybe we've never actually kind of like explained what I mean by them. Um, because I think it kind of like feeds into where we were coming from and, and maybe some kind of like confusion about what Black Ops damage actually does compared to what people feel it does. Okay. So, um, yeah, so, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to like just jump in. And I've almost been, uh, we, we recorded about an hour later than, than we usually do. And, and I've been writing my thesis on this uh, in that time. So um, forgive me if I start to ramble and uh, just interrupt me um, if you need to. But just going to like going right back to like Dominion Classic. Um, the first kind of mentor that I had who kind of like taught me the game, who took me from kind of like, you know, like a top 500 player to, like a top 25 player within just a round or two was a guy called Black Rain. And he won at least two rounds um, from memory, but he's really like best known as the person who created the XL sim that we still use. And so he did that years and years ago. And he made it open for everybody did and you... he used to update it every round. Fun fact, did you know he actually played a couple rounds of uh, OD? I had seen his name as uh, in, you know, like the Valhalla, like the Lifetime um rankings but yeah it didn't look like he he stayed around for too long so i figured he just kind of like came checked it out and then left again yeah he only played uh one round i think oh no yeah but he, sorry, was he played like, a bunch of rounds it was like in the beta rounds maybe yeah yeah he's in the beta rounds Kind of just hanging out, you know. That's about it. Yeah, and I think even in his later like rounds of with classic, I don't think he was really playing competitively. I think he just could have like he just came in to just casually play, maybe help out or, or talk to the friends a little bit. I don't think he really was like looking for um to win or even to pack with um with people going for the win. He definitely just took a big big step back from from his earlier rounds. Anyway, yeah, so when um, when I was packing with him, his big thing that he used to always talk about was um, he used to just say, like, income, income, income. He said the game's all about income. Whatever you do, you should be, like, thinking about that. So um, so just as, like, some, some examples on just how to, like, think about how that works in practice. Um, and again, this is going back to just, like, the notes that I was writing up before this. It's kind of, if you think there's two attackers early on that are similar size, um, but either because one of them's got more offense or just if they've got better ops help, they're able to like find targets better. If one of them makes hits of say like 80, then 100, then 120, like 300 total, while the other one's making smaller hits of like 60, then 80, then 100 for 240 total, then you get like the 60 acre difference, even though they've made the same number of hits. And then if the next hit's going to be about 120, that means that one of them's already like half a hit ahead, despite making the same number of hits. And that's going to give an income advantage just because you've got um, more land, which means more population. And then the question is, like, how much is that advantage really worth? So then when you think about what one hit is worth, so if one person is one hit ahead of someone else, each hit, and this is me just kind of like putting some, like, just general, um, basically, like, fact packet maths together. So it's um, one hit's roughly 8% additional land. For each hit, if your military is about 33% of population, your peasants about 67% population, then that 8% increase in land 
works out to be about 12% income per hour. So then that 12% income obviously means you're going to be, if you're in similar strats, then the advantage of that is just going to increase and increase and increase because you're going to end up just obviously being able to out-train, um, out-build, out-grow everyone else. So the way this comes back to the round that's happening right now is the hour that the war was declared on us, round 13, we're about to make a hit and myself and Burst, we didn't have the offense to actually make a hit the same hour. So we would have already been a hit behind even without the war. So really, if round 12 just waited a few hours, they'd have been able to see that the advantage was actually truly theirs. Even though most people that were playing the game at the top knew that they had the advantage, it would have been really quite clear at that point that they were ahead. Um, and that's without the war happening at all. So that's kind of like where, where part of our, our issue really kind of came. So then the next point is, because um, I'd often talk about this in the past, where I'll say somebody's two hours ahead or three hours ahead um, or behind. So again, thinking uh, back is like a, another example. Say two people have got same defense of about 25,000. One of them's got about 23,000 offense. One of them's 21,000 offense. The smaller person's likely to be training 650, 700 offense an hour, so they're probably about three hours behind. That three hours training, though, is actually can be more than three hours because getting the offense in sooner um, means you're more likely to be able to make a hit. And the other person, even when they get to that same level, the targets might have actually like increased their de defense or... Um, just average defenses would have gone up, or you know somebody might be hit out of range, so they're not going to be able to make it. So you, what you end up happening is that three-hour um, lead on someone can end up increasing and increasing and increasing again. And we've seen it many, many times. You'll often see like a large target will get invaded like an hour before they get a load of defense in, which can be tactical from the attacker. They might be doing that deliberately making the attack at the last second, making sure that nobody else gets to do it. Or it could just be that they just got lucky that they had the offense at the time before the uh, defender had it, and they make the hit, nobody else can. So those two things can happen, and uh, basically, once again, that person's got the lead, and that lead's likely to extend. So that's when I talk about, you know, like a, a training lead of like three hours, four hours, five hours, whatever it is. Now, something to bear in mind is, you can pull that training lead back, but the only way you really do it is if you're more efficient than the person ahead. So that could be that you're playing a more efficient strategy um, as a, like a more efficient race, or if you are the same race, it means that you're probably like investing more into your homes and your diamond mines and your techs and things, while the other person might be going all mods. But the key is you need to make sure your income is better than the other person's income in order to kind of like close that gap or you need to be able to make hits, uh, maybe on bots or whatever else, while they're still sat. Those are really like the only two ways you're going to be catching up if you are playing like the same race or the same strategy. So hopefully, all of that's going to make sense so far. Yeah, totally. Okay, so the point with that, especially with like the, the training hours, if you speak to like veterans or people who like. Um, especially when it comes to like winning rounds, it's less so important for the people that actually win the rounds. It's more important than the people that came close but didn't quite get there. Because pretty much 
every round there would be somebody that came close to winning and they were just a smidge short of being able to make an attack or maybe like their offense came in like an hour or two later um two later that's ultimately going to be at least one time within the round where somebody would have been able to make an attack but they were just short and it could just be that one hour's training two hours training three hours training something like that the kind of like the, the difference between winning and losing when you're on top is so so like it's so insignificant when you think about it, but it seems to happen like round gonna, after round. I was going to ask you guys, how did you guys find yourself behind uh, Realm 13 to begin with? So the big thing was that ultimately we didn't have the ops that we needed early on. Um, we had the top offense for 12 hours hits. So OOP, we just hit bots, as did everyone else. We then had 7.6k offense, so it should have been top OP by quite a margin for 12 hours out. Our two goblins, um, neither of them were around, um, just through, I think, the time zone for uh, for Dan and just uh, Gossi. He actually, it was his birthday the night before, and he missed his alarm, so he wasn't around. So we were reliant on ourselves and then the, the random guys in our realm to try to get up some people. And we just couldn't get ops on enough people. All the all the explorers that we looked at were well defended. So it's not I'm not sure whether it's a case that everyone was well defended or we just couldn't find anybody. Um but ultimately we couldn't make large hits. Um and then instead we just had us to settle on like eighty percent and eighty five percent hits. Whereas the other guys, um, with far less offense than us, were making basically the same size hits as us anyway. But we'd pressed for mods early. Um, they were more about their income, so they had better income than us early on. And then we started to switch it, so they were catching us because they had the better income, so they were getting the training lead on us. And and then we were starting to like they were starting to press mods. We were starting to then do the um, trying to go the income route, but they'd edged ahead because they just started to they really push for speed. So they started to push in the mods and got that kind of like that training gap of us on about three hours or so. So you saw with like some of their, their hits, like day three or so, they were making the hits, and we were just having to follow them um, because we weren't able to make any bigger any bigger ones than them. But that's ultimately kind of what happened. We pushed early to try to get an offense and a land lead. Didn't work out. They caught us and then basically flipped it over so then they were able to get the land lead instead. Yeah, like I've done what you guys did this round before, and I find that, personally speaking, having those mods, like coming out of protection for offensive mods, I don't find it as helpful until maybe like the 24, 36 hour marker when I find it actually makes a difference. So I'd had the opposite in the past. The the light ground, I did the exact same thing as this. Um, slightly different like mod breakout, but um, I hit, I think, 120% um, for my 12 hour hit and then 95 or 100% again. So um, I hit for like 100 land and 100 land for that 12 hour and the 24 hour one. I think this time I hit for like, I think it was like 80 land and then, I don't know, like 86 land or something like that. So I hit significantly smaller with actually more offense than I had last time around. So I think it's more an issue of, I think now that everyone's got sims, <clears throat> now that everyone can do a log, the player base, or at least like the Sims, are just too good to kind of like allow um, people to make mistakes. So yeah, so going forward, I would change it that strategy. Um, but it worked in the past; it just didn't work this time around. Yeah, and from my perspective, I thought your likes were 
doing better than the like in 13. You know, like if I was just looking at the three of you, I thought your two were doing better than just him. Yeah, so he was ahead of us in terms of like offense, but we were fairly comfortable. If things didn't change, um, we'd have been able to catch him. We split our strategy slightly between our two likes so that one would have been pressuring him to try to keep up. And then the other one was going a slightly more efficient route to then give that kind of like that advantage come come in in a couple of days' time. But then when the war happened, it went for the one with the offense, um, who was who was worst, and then um, basically killed him off. So that kind of killed our strategy. And there was no way that I was going to be able to kind of like take his place over um, because I was just I was even further behind in the training. Yeah, I was kind of curious that you decided to go less guard towers percentage wise than you know most people go right like you were only running day two hour three you're only at like less than 10 percent usually that number is you know in the 15 percent range for a lycanthrope and yeah so um i don't really want to go completely into like the strategy of it but ultimately it kind of comes down to how much does like a ratman cost um it's basically nothing, and it's like the cheapest unit in the game. So you can get your defense incredibly quickly. You don't need to do like mod it with GT to make it any cheaper. Um, generally, I prefer to put the the mods on the more offensive, uh, sorry, the more expensive unit because if it's about speed, then the way you get the speed is by like saving costs on on you know your more expensive unit. Just as long as you got the draftees. Yeah, so that was kind of like the, the reasoning behind those little things. Um, coming back to like the uh, the training hours and stuff, though, um, as they said, like we, the, we got mystery. The reason why we got a mystery guest joining us. I thought it'd be the perfect addition. What do you think? I um, can't see anyone joining. We're here right away. I'll, uh, there we go. Hello. Hello. How's it going, guys? It's going, it's going well. I, I, I feel it. It would have been more useful for you being here from the start, um, just so I could kind of get into the, the core behind this this next point. Um, are we in the middle of recording? Are we? Yeah. Yeah. So I've just been talking through um, just a little concept of what happens when somebody's training. If somebody's ahead in training, so somebody's got their offense in like three or four hours ahead of somebody else, and how that kind of creates issues, and ultimately can kind of like that can be what decides the round. Um, I mean, like you played with me last round, so like when I was talking about the the Sylvan played by JC, and I said, you know, he's like six hours ahead of me now um, when he had me behind, and ultimately that just made sure that he could get the the key hits in the round when all the craziness happened. I couldn't, 
And then that created a get him a to one hit lead and a two hit lead, and then he was just gone. And there was no way for me to catch up. So bringing that back into what's happened is, and this is the concept of this is why I think black operas and attackers have different arguments on what's um, what's kind of like destructive, what's what's too much damage, what's not enough damage. In that, an attacker will see that three hours or so of training. Like if you're doing a firewall campaign, you might only take ten percent or twenty percent or thirty percent of somebody's peasants. If that creates kind of like two, three, four hours of delay in their training, then that can ultimately cost them hits or it could put somebody else ahead of them. So if they were like two, three hours ahead and you bring them back to it, so it becomes parity, then I think people are happy with that. If you're kind of like two, three hours behind and then you have to like, you get another like four hours of delay, that completely just kills you off. And there's just yeah. no chance you really be able to catch it up. Right. So what we saw with this round, um, where I could say actually last round, so I was actually ahead of JC until a different round kind of came along and fireball me completely. So I think I went from like 12 hours ahead and then they fireball me for 48 hours straight and then ended up me being like 6 to 12 hours behind. That ended up kind of costing me the round. Whereas, you know, if they'd have just done it, you know, for half the time and like brought us back to even, then it would be much more interesting and much more, yeah. much more of a fair fight. So I think in this round, um, I think I, I think you did eat some fireballs initially. I think you said you got hit by about twelve. Is that right? Yeah. So I was the I was the other like the one that wasn't targeted as much. Um, yeah. Or smile was the one who got like. So I so lost we... half oh, an hour's much. training, maybe I think maybe an hour. Yeah, you weren't you weren't meant to be targeted at all. The person who. Uh... Threw fireballs at you is not um, particularly active on Discord and just did his own thing. I think. In fact, every war. Well, we've only been in two, but every war he just does his own thing. So he threw fireballs at you. He wasn't meant to. We were targeting one specific lycanthrope to weaken them uh, to allow the other one to. Because our our biggest. Cause in fact, I'll take a step even further back and just explain why we targeted your realm in the first place. Because I don't think I've explained that to anybody yet. Um, so we were looking at the situation. There was three strong realms on our radar. There was um, you guys in six. There was obviously 13 as well. Uh, and 11 was in the mix too. Um, and looking at realm compositions, we thought that, you know, obviously 13 had a strong halfling. It had a quick converter goblin. It had a lycanthrope. They looked quite dangerous. And then we looked at your realm. Rio, uh, and we saw that there was two lycanthropes working on sort of a, look, look like one of these buddy systems that fast attackers some kind sometimes develop that can be really dangerous. Uh, so you were hitting like clockwork, often the same target, often the same minute, um, and then you had a strong-looking quick converter goblin and another strong-looking slower converting goblin. I'm assuming. Uh, and there was also an undead in there that looked potentially dangerous. So when we were looking at the realm, we were looking at the composition of the realms. We weren't thinking about things like you might be three hours behind in training. We were thinking, who is the long-term threat here? Who is the most dangerous of all of these targets? Uh, and thirteen came to, uh, sorry, six came to the forefront uh, of that. 
during the conversation we were having with our realm constantly. So that's why we went after you guys. Uh, we we did say let's because it was an attempt to balance things out. We wanted to weaken some of the guys in your realm to bring the numbers to parity with the dangerous people in thirteen. Uh, so we we decided to take one of the lycanthropes out and leave the other one alone. And um, we were either going to take one of the goblins out or the undead. Uh, it would have been the quick converter goblin that we were going to target. Uh, except the undead trained a bunch of arc mages in the 11th hour that took him off the table. So we went after the goblin instead. And that's that's really what happened. Just, I'll come back to most of that. Don't undead have like, immortal wizards anyway? Or is that someone else? Uh, I'm not sure. But he, uh, he put a bunch of wizards in his weird. training queue. So is that spirit instead? I think it is. Okay. But yeah, so so the thing is, like, we wouldn't have if you'd have gone after the goblins instead, we'd have carried on playing. That would have been like we, that would have made complete yeah. sense to us because well, we did we know, did go after the goblin. It was just a delay of twenty. It started happening literally the same minute you guys were already abandoned. There was no reason to really go after a, a lycanthrope, you know. If, if the long-term threats are the goblins, then then and you went for that, we'd have understood that. We'd be like, yeah, makes sense. It was the fact that you'd effectively taken out our fast threat completely, um, and from doing that, it made sense. Once you'd done finished with him, you were going to go after me. So that means both of us are gone, um, and just uh, we it, it didn't make sense in context because you, we. You guys made an assumption there that we were going to go after you, and I understand that that's. That could have looked that way because one guy was fireballing you, but no, the well, plan so was just to weaken weaken one of you uh, and then hit the goblin. But it also it, it didn't make sense to hit our, our fast guys at all. So the fact you went for one, it would have made more sense to go after the other one rather than switching to the goblins in, in our mind. But the fact that you'd already kind of like taken out our our kind of like our, our main attacker, um, and it was just it, it didn't make sense to us. You know, we we were behind already. Um, it just completely unbalanced it. It tipped the balance fully into 13's favor um, and killed us. And, and we'd even like, you know, we discussed pre-round that it's most likely our lycanthropes are going to die and then switch to doing the ops for the goblins. That was always kind of like part of the plan. That was part of the thinking. Um, and if round 13, we discussed if round 13 were came for us, that would have been like all fair. We'd have been like, yep, we're the rivals. They come for us. We'll keep on fighting. We'll, we'll do what we can to slow them down. It was just this case of once again, it felt like um, like interfering from outside. We can like really kind of like, even though we're not the main people that look dangerous or we're not the main people like that are about to take over the round, we're still getting clobbered. Um, yeah. And, and you know, there's not really much we can do about it. You know, we were the only ones that we brought in Forest Havens early. I think we we're the only fast attackers that even had any. Um, so we yeah. even start to be the ones, and that slows you down. You know, it slows you down just a little bit. But we were the ones that started yeah. to think we need to bring in some protection. And then when we were falling back, we we're like, actually, you, you can't go full protection when you're behind because you're just going to die. Yeah. Well, you know my thoughts on forest havens. Uh, it's like a red rag to a bull at this point. So the fact that you built them just made me want to target you more. There's a psychological yeah, element to that, unfortunately. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's my personal vendetta. I can't really speak for the whole realm on that one. But the fact that you built Forest Havens, it doesn't count 
in my head anymore as a, a reason not to target someone. I will specifically go after someone that has forest havens at this point. And that's the other thing, you know, if it was just you doing it, that's fine. But then the fact that there's like you had a whole realm kind of like going for it as well. So just one person like on a mad crusade, you could like you could almost like laugh about it. But the fact that the whole realm seemed to think it was like the right idea to do. Um so from what you were a... saying at, from what you're saying at the beginning, uh, it sounds like you felt like you were already behind. Did you think you were kind of dead in the water anyway, and then you got targeted? No, so I don't know if you if you joined after I was, I was saying it. We we had a plan that that one of the likes was going to try to like push hard to try to like maintain at least like a um, slight range on on the top guys in, in thirteen, and then the other one, me, I was going to do a slightly different strategy, would concentrate on a bit more on income and try to kind of like close the gap later on. So we were we were kind of hopeful that we'd be able to stay in it for a little bit longer. Um, didn't think that we'd be able to like come out on top, but we could at least maybe do you know what happened in the past rounds of holding the fast attackers back until all of the quick converters came. So that's what we kind of like our thinking was. Um, we were fully expecting thirteen to like make a some kind of play against us at some point. Um, we definitely didn't think in that position it was going to come out um, from anyone else. Even though we'd heard like rumors that there's something was going to happen, we knew that some people had been like preparing um, for for Black Ops, but it just didn't make sense for it to be us. See, from from my perspective, I do feel like there was solid logic behind our decision, but I also see it from your point of view. Yeah, I can understand why you were frustrated by the war, but uh, I think um, what shocked me most actually was uh, when when I found out who we'd targeted, um, because there's. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys, Wurstmeyer, Rio, and Gothia, you're all multi-round winners, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Which like, and uh, and I kind of like, I understand the thoughts saying, well, if you've all won rounds, and then you're always going to have a chance of winning. But realm assignment really, really, really hurts in that regard. Um, part of the reason why we went with a four pack was because we knew that five packs wouldn't land together. So we thought, okay, we're never going to land with anybody. As a five pack, yeah. and so we went as a four because then at least we'd end up with like a with a newer five pack. Um, so at least, but at least we get like a a realm of of people. Um, then realm assignment happened, and I don't know if it worked out too well because you know it got like rerolled and, and done again. And um, then at that point, Fett said, "No, we, we split the four packs. We split the five packs." And initially, we had two people um, join us because I think the other five or six. Um, logged in like four days before and did nothing since then. Yeah. We actually we ended up getting a third person, but yeah, like the the realm assignment when you've when you've got so many like highly rated players, it was an absolute killer for us. Yeah, we did wonder why you'd chosen a four pack, and we thought you were maybe trying to go for a sort of super realm, uh, but obviously the algorithm still screwed you on that one. Yeah, completely. And you know that we we had if we knew that. Four packs we treat the same as five. Then we obviously we we had to kind of like turn down like our, our pals from uh, from joining, and so we ended up going with a two and a two rather than kind of like taking a third from from our existing previous packs. Um, but that would yeah. have been that would have been a, a much better play than being able to double up on on races because there's there's enough similar ones that you could do something different with. Sure. Well, uh, from our from our point of view, we really just were trying to. I mean, we pro- the, sm- the obvious answer to what we should have done was not war anybody, but we're in a realm where 
we don't have any competitive attackers to sort of rally behind and support. So we've ended up as one of these sort of carnage blocks realms. Um, you've got to kind of set your own goals when you're in a realm like that. So our own goal this round was to pretty much have as many wars and as much fun as we could. So there was no question that we were going to have a war. It was just who we were going to war. Um, so maybe we shouldn't have warred uh, any of the top guys, but we did want to try and sort of balance things out at the top. And that was the motivation behind it. We thought that realm looks absolutely lethal in its composition. Uh, let's weaken uh, two of the guys in it to try and bring the numbers down into parity with the others. Uh, and that's why we went for it. And then when we found out who it was, it was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like my sort of hunch was fully vindicated. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it sort of ruined your round, obviously, because we, we absolutely did not expect the whole pack to abandon. Actually, I think that's really unhealthy for the game, but that's a separate discussion. Um, but we, we were kind of flabbergasted that we'd taken out, you know, three of these multi-round winners so quickly. Uh, just thrown in the towel there, um, but I can, I can I can understand why you did it. I just don't really agree with it. Well, yeah. So there's a couple of things there. So, um, well, actually three. One of them is I think the realm composition. I think you you kind of yes, it's got two good goblins, two two likes, and, and even the undead had a plant. We had no real support beyond that. Um, whereas the other like you looked at realm thirteen at the time of like war being live, I counted we had our four guys who were like. 1300 land each and we didn't have anyone else above a thousand land whereas they like realm nine had i think nine or ten people between like a thousand and like 1500 so they just had like support for days so we were all we basically just had everything just on the attackers and we had to be pretty self-sufficient ourselves um because our, our explorers who, who did kind of come and do do upsell for us we just didn't know when that would actually ever be you know they just pop up every so often and help out when they were there and the rest of the time it was it was completely us on our own which really kind of like drains all your resources so so there was there was that bit but we didn't we didn't quit specifically because we thought we weren't going to win um because like i said we already knew there was a chance that our, our lichen throws would get taken out and it probably wasn't even really about this one instant um of a realm coming after us when you know we, we didn't feel it was justified Yes, we would have preferred you to have not warred anyone. Um, we would have really loved you to have gone to 13, but that wasn't really what we were asking for or hoping for. Um, yeah, yeah. We'd have, been, we'd have been happy if you even like waited for like you know, like 12 hours or a day just to see how things settle, if you still have people in range, um, or that kind of stuff. That was kind of like the, the main thing is, yeah, like when, you, when it's only just two or three people on top and you go for any of them, it's probably not great in terms of like the competitiveness because it feels like we're playing one game, somebody else is playing another game, but it impacts our game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, it makes sense, man. Yeah. The, the, the point of it being bad for the game and, and looking like really like, I, I get that, I agree with it. Um, I, I kind of like argued it the same thing last round when everyone um, abandoned, but I didn't like yeah. seeing it as, at all. Um, this is like the first and hopefully the only time that I'll abandon. I didn't even know where the like the abandon button was. I had to go searching for it. Um, and it, yeah, wasn't, no, it was my, it was my idea. The other three guys I think all abandoned last round. Actually, I think Gossier did as well. Um, it was yeah, my suggestion. Yeah, well, that surprises me to hear that it was your suggestion. To be honest, I did wonder if you were speaking like for yourself or for your whole pack when you were given the explanation as to why you abandoned there. 
But uh, there are uh, there's at least two people in that pack composition that are serial abandoners. They do it all the time, you know. Um, and last round they did it after suiciding a bunch of people, you know, just out of spite, and then abandoned just to avoid the consequences of their actions. Um, and this round, from my point of view, it seems like it it really unbalanced the game more just by abandoning. So you know, it's not a good look. It's not. It doesn't help. Really, it doesn't it? Really, doesn't help anything when you do that. Um, yeah, and, and I, I agree the, with that point as well. I I, yeah. I do agree with that point as well. Um, and part of the reason why we did it, it was it was more to send a message more than anything because that's that's what I thought. I thought it was more of a political statement than actually. You know, this is the best option for the game. So it, it seems like both of us actually have done bad things for the game here. I admit that, you know, there was obviously a strategic error in the people that we targeted, uh, and it would have been better if we hadn't targeted any of the top realms out of the gate. But also abandoning uh, as a result of that just created a snowball effect that we never intended to happen, you know, uh, and it's it's made it worse for everybody. We might have a runaway now, you know, and that's the situation we're in. Yeah, and to be honest, this is this is part of the reason. So I don't I don't actually regret it. Like I I don't like abandon, um, and I hope it's not bad for the game. But in terms of like, I would sacrifice this one round to get the discussion going properly and get kind of people thinking about what what's happening. Because it wasn't just this one round as well. You know, like I've, I've said to you last round, this was my fourth round in a row that people with no real potential chance of a winner have kind of come after me. Just. Not quite a random, you know, because one of those rounds I ended up winning, even though they targeted me really, really early on. Um, the other two rounds, two rounds ago, Yami's pack, they came after me, middle of the round, I was nowhere close to winning. They came after me and just went after me for 48 hours. It was just like pure griefing. It was There was no benefit to them whatsoever um, yeah. in terms of having to like, take out someone. And that just like, that was the closest I came from like actually like quitting the game because it was just so frustrating. To deal with that, and they just didn't let up for like the full forty-eight hours they're going for me. Last round again, this time it was uh, RVV's pack and, and Muller, and um, Muller and Virtue again. They came after me for the full forty-eight hours. Damage was yeah. probably done in the first like twelve hours. Um, yeah. And then this round again, it looked like it was going to happen once again. Different group of people each time, and I think that's probably part of the issue. You know, like if you get a few people doing it and not realizing the damage that they're doing, it's probably a slight problem. If you've got lots of people, some of them are like competitive with like round winners in them. If they're doing it as well and they'll just keep up, they're just, it's almost like, you know, like a dog's gone after, like gone after someone and the owner can't get them off. There's no like holding back. There's no thinking damage is done. Let's ease off now. It's just people just piling on and piling on. And I think to be fair, playing with you last round um, with, with the guys, the black open, I felt we did everything right, you know, like we would target people, we would bring them back into like into line so that to rebalance stuff. And then once we've done the damage on people, we didn't just keep it up. We like we eased off. We were like, nope, things are balanced again now. We'll stop doing it. Yeah. The other well, the, the control the control element on that situation was that we had you and King Jota as potential round winners that we were trying to elevate to that position. When you don't have that, and this is a, a, a problem that I think is tied to smaller realms, uh, when you don't have that because uh, there's less likely that you're going to land with those fast attackers or those strong attacker types, uh, then you end up as this sort of headless, sort of roving black ops realm. Uh, and when you've got a lot of warmongers in your realm and all they want to do is black op and nobody to support, then you just end up with chaos. And I think you and I are actually on the same page with a lot of these um, suggestions for changing black ops. 
Uh, I agree with a lot of what's been said about potentially changing Black Ops to limit the number of people that can cast spells or, or anything that sort of puts a, a, a way to sort of manage the damage um, output and stop uh, these sort of chaos realms from happening. Uh, making realms larger again might be another solution to that. But we've brought... You, uh, you and I have, have talked about this a lot, and I've talked about it with other people too. Um, and we brought it to the the uh, GPC, the various iterations of the GPC over the rounds, uh, and nothing really gets to, gets done about it. So, coming back to yeah, what you said about having no no regrets, uh, I don't have any regrets about it either. Uh, I think, in hindsight, the the drama that has ensued has been an absolute shit show. Um, and there's been a lot of because I've I've sort of been the self-appointed spokesperson for my realm, and I came forward, and I'm the one that spoke about it. There's been a lot of criticism and some abuse, unfortunately, directed at me. Um, I do think the discussion overall is a good thing, but the shit show and the drama has been really a poor reflection. And I'll I'll, I'll hold my hand up and say that I kind of lent into the trolling of the the angry people a little bit, but. Uh, you know, from a bluffer's perspective, I think uh, we still did what we were designed to do. You know, it was just the fact that we didn't have the supporting uh, attackers to put in the right position that makes it it makes it uh, seem very unjust to the people that we targeted. Yeah, I think yeah. Just to kind of reiterate my point, I don't think this is this is a isn't a one round one instance um, issue. Um, I, I think it's been going on for a long time and I was complaining about it even before it ever happened to me um, yeah. that people were just seemingly getting like um, randomly targeted and just completely driven into the dirt which is just not there's only There's only so many times you can bring these issues up you know, before you start going well the, the, the people who are meant to be balancing the game around this stuff just aren't listening in fact they're going in the opposite direction in some cases by you know, making realms smaller and stuff like that against feedback that they're getting um, and one of, the, one of the things I'm concerned about, I mean, we kind of knew when we were going to do this that it might have some fallout and Black Ops might get nerfed. But I was reading the GPC channel to, uh, today, the GP feedback channel today, and someone's suggesting that we just remove Fireball from the game now. It has gotten a little bit ridiculous in, in the amount of sort of overreaction that we've seen. And I just want to make sure that, you know, if anybody is listening to this, they don't overcorrect because Black Ops are always on this sort of fine line between being useless and being too effective. And it's really easy to knock them off kilter. Um, so removing Fireball from the game, as an example, would uh, would be a serious error, in my view. Well, yeah, that sounds like, like a real... Hey, wait, I was just going to interject with a uh, nugget of wisdom, if you let me. Go yeah, go for it. It sounds like a real tale of the scorpion and the frog. Do you know that fable? <laughs> I think that's a perfect fable description. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you're saying like you know people talk about this like removing it, you know that, that crossed my mind as well. Thinking you know like if if people are gonna like abuse these toys, you just have to take the toys off them. Um, ultimately, I don't like that. I don't even think, to be honest, Black Ops are actually in a bad position. I think Black Ops work. It's just when people kind of like you know, and and I've said this mockingly about other people so um i know i'm being hypocritical in saying this but i wish people would use them the way i want them to use them um rather than the way they were this time and 
like I said, you know, last round I thought we did we did things right. I think a couple of the other realm, realms that were heavily like heavily into black ops, I think they probably abused their their toys a little bit too much. Um, but we kind of like you, you do see it done right in such you know like realms that are um, got the chance to win. You use the black ops sparingly but decently, and then you do get sometimes you know like um, people who are like policing the round. Can mm-hmm. use them as well to kind of to balance things out. It was just a case of this round. I thought it was just a bit of a misplay, you know, just a, a bit of a, a blunder in picking either the wrong or or any type of people to go after. Um, but really, the reason I I did it was to just force the issue because yeah, just talking about it every round hadn't done anything. Um, and so this was just the way to like make that statement. And uh, well, it certainly yeah. worked. <laughs> Many people are talking about removing fireball from the game. I think you've you've definitely generated discussion on it, um, which I think, as long as it goes in the right direction, can be a good thing. Uh, as long as it, because uh, one of the one of the positive potential outcomes of this is people are starting to listen to Worstmeyer's suggestion again about uh, how to sort of control the damage output. Uh, he's he's worked on that concept a few times and brought it forward a few times, and it's just not really gained any traction so hopefully this time the gpc will take a closer look at it and go you know maybe we can work with this maybe we can do something to stop the 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 needless devastation and destruction of people's lives yeah exactly and and i think i'm probably like step i've kind of like stepped away and just kind of left left the conversation to go i just hope something positive comes from it but I, yeah, also, I, I, actually, I, I, I tried to I tried to message you, Rio, uh, yesterday, and I couldn't because you weren't in the server. <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, there's there's no hard feelings here from me. Um, I hope you understand that we 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 had absolutely no idea who you were when we targeted you because I did have that one of the accusations leveled at me was that you know we knew who you were and it was deliberate targeted griefing, and I want to refute that one hundred percent because I'm not number one. I don't hold grudges. Uh, round from round number two uh, I wouldn't do that because it's cheating you know and nobody in my realm would support that either Uh, the people that I'm playing with would not be uh, keen on deliberately ruining specific players games so I I wanted to come on and make that clear so I hope there's no hard feelings there No again I I don't think any of us in in our pack even like brought it up saying that that we did think it was specific we we figured it it was either like just Based on on our what our realm looked like, or just a a mistake. Yeah, we, none of us have even accused it. And, and ultimately, if somebody did find my location, you know, if I'd outed myself or whatever, and they came after me for that reason, I'd be like, that's 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 fine. It's like as long as it's like a grudge match I know about. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I I never I never thought that, and and uh, I just it would be weird if we did, since we actually had like you know a round where we just played with each other. Um, it was someone. It was someone in your realm that said, it, "I think not your pack." Yeah, yeah. It was. There was no need to apologize for it anyway. But appreciate, appreciate you. Uh, you clearing that. At the, at, the, at the end of the day, man, we're all just trying to enjoy this game. You know, um, I think we've we've definitely stirred up a hornet's nest of ill feelings towards Black Ops with uh, what we did. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't meant to happen like that, you know. We were trying to balance things out. It was just misguided, you know. Yeah, I, I think ultimately, if um, if that almost message came out sooner, we'd have been like, okay, yeah, it was just 
There was no option for it to come out sooner because we know that the, yeah. the first hour of war, you guys had already gone, well, this is it. We're, we're going to hit that abandoned button. Yeah, no, but I think that was probably part of the, when, when things started to go a little bit crazy and, and people started to dig their heels in. Um, that was it. <laughs> And that's almost I mean, like I, cer- I certainly did that. <laughs> I am very, very guilty for winding up the people that I considered to be having a bit of a tantrum at me, um, which is probably not the most mature response. But you know, it, it 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 can seem fun at the time. It's just not productive, you know, for the actual discussion that needs to happen underneath it. Scorpion and frog. Say this, you know, very serious discussion aside, it is a bit of a feather in the cap for a black opera to uh, take out three multi-round winners in less than an hour of war. That's uh, that's something we are going to take away from from this round, and, and you know, say, that, yeah, we did that. But again, I I do just want to reiterate, it was not really the fact that we were taken out. You you took out first you didn't take out the rest of us. We did this uh, as a collective. Uh, your 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 entire realm's gone now, isn't it? The whole realm is dead. Yeah, but again, yeah. this was this was to uh, um, this was on the back of a number of rounds that were happening where this same yeah. kind of stuff. I, I think one of one of one of the guys in my realm said he suspected that the real reason that happened was a form of burnout. You guys were just sick of. Uh, well, for various reasons, probably, uh, and this was like a a last straw sort of situation. I, I well, think that's that, definitely I... the case for me. It was, um, we, you know, like me and the group of four that we built. I'd never played with Versmire. I never played with Dan. I, I've not really spoken to Dan too much, to be honest. And um, we would be looking forward to playing with each other. We we tried to get it to happen a couple of times in the past, but we had spent a long time talking about what we were doing, like. Our plans, what we thought might happen. Um, should we not be too obvious? Should we trying to do something? You know, like, but we we talked and talked and talked, and so this was like it's a real disappointment for us to actually like kind of like do what we've done um, <clears> because <throat> we wanted to play the full round together. You know, we might not get a chance next time um, because we kind of like made promises to to our our, our normal packs. Um, so we really like we're quite gutted that this situation has happened. Because we'd have preferred to play, even if we were like behind and had no shot at winning, we would have loved to still play that round together and see what we could possibly do, see what we could come up with, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so it wasn't just like a, a real like tantrum moment at all. We had to like consider, it and we and we took the full like twenty four hours to like think about what we were going to do as well, whether we did want to um, continue with the abandoning. Um, but we just figured, you know what, it, it, it's worth it for this case, um, and hopefully. Um, something changes and then next time you know we come back with like with a better game and, and hopefully um, a more united player base or hear me out here you can stop opening Kenny Rogers across the street what does that mean who's Kenny Rogers You'd, you'd get that reference if you listen to the pod before this rush, but Rio has listened to it, so he should get the reference. You mean the, the pod that isn't out yet? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a Seinfeld reference, but I don't think I've seen the episode yet. I'm, I'm working through the back catalog at the moment, and I don't remember that. 
explain it for us, Murph. We've not seen it. That's the one, and I guess I'm explaining it twice now on the same pod, so that's fun. Uh, it's the it's the episode where you know you have that bright neon sign coming through Kramer's window, and he has to trade apartments with Joe with uh, Jerry. Yeah. So if you're gonna keep opening restaurants with bright neon signs like two lichens and two gobos, you got to expect the attention that's gonna come your way. Yeah, well, that was it was a it was a red flag for us, and just honestly, real the uh, it, for me specifically, the way that you guys were working together and hitting the same targets in the same minute, it was like holy shit, these guys are organized. You know, uh, there's there's behavior elements that we were looking at as well, not just the raw numbers. Actually, I'm quite weak on the raw numbers, which is probably why we ended up making the the error that we did. But from a sort of black opera gut feeling, what we were looking at in the town crier, you guys were the scariest round to us. Well, uh, I appreciate you saying that, but uh, it was more from desperation that we hit the same targets at, at the same time rather than uh, any kind of uh, grand plan. And Rio, maybe, you said that maybe you had see like, how that uh, four. You had four rounds in a row where you got black opt. Yeah. So, like, for me, coming from a situation that that's, you know, that's an abusive situation you're going through, I would have went to something, like, a little bit more Black Ops resistant, you know, as a strategy, just, you know, from my perspective. But the thing is, I've I've played races that did have protection, and I've still been had people coming after me with Black Ops. Like, I, I think in a lifetime, I've got, like, the most wizards executed by like far, I think Gothia is like close to second, and the only other people in the ballpark are people that are like black hoppers who part like the Shadow League. People just seem to uh, just come at me no matter what I do. Same time, you are the number one ranked player. But even when I've been playing casually or like you know been playing slowly in in uh, like a ghetto realm, people had been targeting me in these in these last like few rounds. So it's been. That's where the frustrations yeah. come from. Yeah. I, I come, I, I'm, I'm sort of joking around. Yeah, I, I do get it from your perspective. Rio. It sucks that, you know, round after round, you're just getting bombed, even when you're not the top threat. So what yeah, would you like to see happen? Well, before you get into that, I'd be curious to see if Cody ever put, you know, lifetime uh, rankings of Black Op damage sustained. Um I would like to see who tops those charts, you know? Yeah, so this is where, like, I think you need a combination of that and uh, and how many, like, you've repelled, because I'm sure people have had, like, more damage than me, but if they've, if they've got no protection whatsoever and they just get absolutely rinsed, then uh, it's almost, like, on them. If you're putting protection in place and you're still getting killed, um, it's, you know, you could say you're unlucky, you could say you're a bigger threat, or, uh, or you could say just uh, the actual... The mechanics slightly off. It'll just be used as a, a sort of tool of grievance. Say, look how much damage I've sustained, and then there will be no explanation behind it. Like what you said, there needs to be sort of qualifiers there. Like, did you train any spies? Did you train any wizards? Did you do anything at all? But Rio, like playing Icekin, for instance, like didn't cross your mind for this round. I played Icekin a few times now. Um... The round you won as Icekin, we tried to black off you and failed. 
and you won. Exactly. So, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so it does help what race you select. Yeah, but then even like you know, as, as Sylvan, um, I had people um, swarming me every you know every whatever it was every eight hours or every twelve hours or whatever it was at the time. So you, you kind of like. It's <laughs> also me. Uh, there was, I, I get. I think we actually had this chat in a, a DM at the time, the round that you were getting constantly swarmed. There was something that you were, you were, you were, you were like clapping back at me as a black opper, um, because you were obviously a wizard race. And when you when you get somebody that comes to the forefront of your mind as a black opper, sometimes you end up going right. Well, this guy is the guy I'm going to fuck with this round, you know, because he's messing with me. So I was keeping a sustained swarm on a wizard race for the entire entire round, which wasn't easy, by the way, because you repelled a bunch of them. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I think like I, I don't think black ops as a dynamic are bad. Um, yeah, my my main thing's almost just a I want to call it, like I don't know, it's a player based issue. It's just I, I think there just needs to be a little bit more thought. Especially from like veteran players, um, about when they kind of like really just kind of like lean into it. Um, when it comes to like you being used as a mechanic to kind of like balance things on top, people should just be able to like know once the damage is done and like hold off. Um, I don't think I think you can almost like over um, over egg it if you try to make the game mechanics do the work of uh, of the players. Um, so I don't think we really want to go down that road completely where. Um, where you know it just gets to the point where it's not worth doing the black ops um, because yeah. the game like prevents you from doing it properly. You don't want to really mess with player agency too much um, if you if you don't have to. Um, but it leads me back to my question of what 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 do you see the changes being like? How do you see the what what's the correction here? How do we sort it? So I think there is probably a way that you can put like um, like Forest Havens. I think I don't actually know if this is no. I might be getting this wrong now. I I don't much think Forest Havens could work in the same way as Docks, and that you get a certain number, and it present it prevents like protects like X number of peasants. That tool gives you a at least like a, a floor of how the how things can actually seem to, um, because I think most of my went right down to like I think it went down to four thousand out of like a maximum population of sixteen thousand, which is just like <laughs> really really low. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've really not liked the last couple of rounds is going back to those um, smaller realm sizes again. Um, although it yeah. seems as though like looking now, there seems like what like thirteen or fourteen players per realm. Um, if that's the starting point, then that's great. Um, if we can get that many um, people in, because I'd much rather be in a realm with like 10 active players going up against a realm with like 15 active rather than being six or seven against like 12. Um, because we just, we, we just don't get to play with anyone when that's the case. We always end up with just complete like people who log in just once or twice a day and never use discord um, or people just create an account and never use it. Uh, it was one of the reasons I was asking Fett is there like a decay system in the rankings that he's got for his algorithm because Lots of rounds in a row now. I'm ending up with players who are low on communicating as well. So 
it's it's definitely an issue for the veteran players who have you know if, like I can't remember when my last seven thousand acre round was. Uh, I know I had one big finish once when I played with um, Murph and Co. Uh, and you know, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean I'm one of the top players in the game. I really don't think I am. Um, but the algorithm treats me as if I am one, and it will never let that go. You know. So once you, once you've hit big on on the rankings, you are forever you know relegated to dealing with the mutes. Now I know there's there's a system in place to to address that. It's going to kick in in a few rounds with the sort of upvoting and downvoting system that FET put in. But at the same time, maybe we should look to increasing realm size again just to get that. Because part of the game, a huge part of the game for a lot of people isn't just who you get to play with. It's the it's the social element in your discords as well that makes it sort of fun and, you know, the banter and stuff like that and the, the stories that emerge from that. Yeah, exactly. And, and you I, get to play with them. Um, you get to play with different people each time and, and... Yeah. You know, if if we played with like the lowest ranked five pack each time, you know, even if they were casual, you know, hopefully we'd be able to get them better finishes than usual. And then the next round, they're the second lowest or the third lowest, and we get a new lowest pack. And then you just kind of you just build it so that the whole player base ends up, you know, just getting better and better and better, mixing and mixing and mixing. And then uh, it's just like a stronger game and a more competitive game for everybody. Obviously missed uh, a lot of the discussion that you had. Uh, there's there's obviously something that's happened before this pod. You've spoken to the some of the other people, uh, maybe other involved parties. Um, but Mersh, what was your thoughts on all of it? Or did you cover that already? I don't want the the listeners to have to listen to the same story twice. Yeah, I I covered all that um, in the previous pod. This was just going to be a a pod for Rio to kind of like say his piece on on his aspect of the round and then i was talking to rio and and said hey did you and rush talk at all and he said no and then that's when i reached out to you to see if you wanted to come kind of join because i felt it was relevant to kind of get your guys side of the story and involved in this discussion too right yeah all right well i I won't ask you to retrace your steps there i'll just listen to the pod later on it is just um yeah, it's, just before I kind of like good before pod. I came on, I, I I wanted to mention to like uh, I said to like the the pack you know I'm about to kind of like record is there anything um do you want to say don't say that they said no just just say whatever you want um um no issues there it's probably worth mentioning that when we did decide to hit abandon um we kind of decided obviously we decided that hour since it went through um 24 hours later um. I was. I think everyone kind of said, you know, like, yeah, let, let, let's kind of do this if it will. We were all kind of on the same page to send a message. I think Dan was like, okay, he was the most keen to kind of carry on playing. Um, but but he said, yeah, okay, if everyone's up, we're we're up for it. Then we'll do it. Um, I'm surprised it's been almost anything you've said. I'll be honest. <laughs> the well, guy what, who abandons the most out of all of you is the one that was most keen to play on. I, I do want to make the point that worst my when we decided we were going to do this um, and we started to tell the realm, he was straight away said, "I'll see if I can speak to Fet um, to get people like in our realm reassigned," because we really were like we didn't want to screw those guys over at all. You know, they didn't do anything wrong. They were helping us when they could, um, so that was kind of like a, a key thing that we we were hopeful it would happen. We figured it was early enough in the round that that it didn't cause too many issues. Um, and so it, I did feel a bit sorry initially for. 
Matty Van Halen, who for for two rounds in a row now has been affected by these mass abandons. But I'm glad yeah, to he... see that he's been adopted by a new realm that will hopefully take better care of him, show him a little bit of love. And he was obviously he was quite disappointed when when we were talking. He was trying to talk us out of it. Um, he probably felt more strongly uh, than than anyone else um, I've seen about it. So. Um, so yeah, so we were glad that he kind of got taken care of as well, because um, he'd been talking about his strategy for a while and, and what he hoped to do, and and we had, we had planned to kind of do what we could to help boost him up once he started to grow as well. He was always kind of like um, part part of the plan um, once we got talking. So, um, but yeah, I did just want to make that kind of clear as well that we weren't just kind of even though we knew there'd be damage and collateral damage, um, we we did consider that um, and. Um, yeah, we were just hopeful that um, that Fett would be able to step in and, and kind of do something. Well, you know, Codes, he'll always do what he thinks is appropriate, and I totally agree with the uh, rehoming. I think it was a necessity at that point. Disappointed that we didn't get any of the refugees as war spoils. I mean, I, I could have uh, named a, a couple that I'd have happily given you. <laughs> uh, we've got enough quiet people in our realm, unfortunately. See, that's so weird. Is like, I'm always really happy with whoever I get. You know, like I always find that everybody's just, you know, wants to talk and wants to learn and everything. Like, even if it's only like, you know, two or three people that we can get on top of our pack in the Discord. I'm always super happy to talk to these these guys and help them out, you know? Yeah, it's not as... I don't think it's as bad for us this round as it would have been for us last round, Rio, when we were packed. Uh, but there's certainly... If I just look at my realm composition now, there's maybe, like, four or five out of the 13 that we've got that don't say anything. Uh, and maybe two that very occasionally pipe up. And then, unfortunately, you know, you end up with inactive people that you think are going to be active anyway, and it just doesn't turn out to be the case. So, Rush, I'm kind of surprised that you guys didn't take the uh, Oracle from Realm Zero, just, like, right from the get-go, right? Like, that seems like an optimal wonder for what you guys are doing. Yeah, well, the plan was to take the Oracle. Um, uh, it was it was definitely a priority wonder for us. Uh, we were going to take it after we'd uh, <laughs> quote-unquote leveled the playing field with Realm 6. We were going to target the Great Oracle, and then we would have ward uh, 13. Um, but the, the, the whole community seemed polarised on the whole discussion. I mean, there's there's people who have said they can sort of see why we did what we did, and there's people who have said it was an obvious strategic error. Uh, and we just thought, you know, let's try and do a bit of a redemption arc here and, and go after 13 as well, uh, so that it doesn't look like we were just deliberately trying to ruin one specific realm, because that really wasn't our intent. So we thought, we'll, we'll delay our plans to get the Great Oracle, and we'll go after 13 instead. Uh, so we kind of got locked into two back-to-back wars that we weren't intending on, uh, as opposed to just getting the wonder that we wanted and then doing that. And then obviously 13 mutual us, so we've been 100% focused on uh, just trying to do 
tr- trying to get through that rather than you know the side objectives of picking up wonders. And then somebody else nabbed it. I think it was round one. Bastards. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that that they took it because knowing what you guys had just done to six, right? Like that'd be a wonder I would avoid because I know eventually you're coming, right, for that wonder, right? Yeah. So to me, well, it's just like they, they have I, just know, put a just big target on their backs. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why yeah, they did right? it. Like if because... I'm in realm one, well, yeah, because if I'm in realm one, I'm like, okay, hey, guys, the the one wonder we should avoid, or else going to guarantee us a war, is a great oracle. Yep, yeah, but maybe they just want a war. I don't know, but uh, it's certainly it's certainly an interesting choice. And there's a there's a few people in my realm that are like, well, why why would you do that, guys? You're just going to get warred for it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We haven't we yep. haven't locked in any decisions yet. So yeah, I mean, just it just kind of seemed like an obvious situation to avoid yourself going into that pitfall, right? Hey, well, that's the thing, man. Uh, as we've seen throughout this entire thing, this 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 game uh, develops as players make smart decisions or stupid decisions. So it's a it's a mix of each thing every round, and every round's different. I think maybe they're banking on rush war in the wrong realm again. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's, I've got form on that, don't I? So Rio, is there anything else in your thesis that you don't think you touched upon? I'm not sure. I, I forgot where I got to uh, by the time that uh, Rush crashed the party. Um, I, I think those are going to like the, the main kind of concepts, though, just in terms of you know like the, the Black Ops. It just it just like delays your training a little bit, so it kind of like set you back. So even though it might just seem like a small amount of damage being done, that knock-on effect um, can be huge, especially like early on when when it's all about getting land as much land as you possibly can early on. So um, the whole you know. I can't remember who it was that said um, two black operas can kill someone. Um, not if they're ahead, but if they're like behind or or just hanging in there, then then that really is the case. It can just like put you put you out of it um, more than likely. Six most and you're, six in this case, not two. Six exactly, and, and and six would completely. They if like worst why I did like some some maths on his training, and I think it ended up costing him something like fifteen hours or eighteen hours. Of training, he was only just behind before, um, and after this, that whatever it was, just twelve hours or so, um, it, it really kind of set him back that that much. Yeah. So even if like you guys did War Realm Thirteen, we wouldn't have wanted you to go that hard um, on on him because it would have taken him from you know slightly to to miles behind. So that's where that whole well, that's you know, that's, like, that's the thing we we thought we were exercising some restraint by only targeting one of your like throats and one of your goblins. But obviously, uh, you guys have different views on that. Also, well, I think from uh, to answer your question, I think I, I think that from my side, that's uh, that's done. So I'll be uh, I'll be signing off for uh, for the round, and I'll I'll probably check back in. Um, in whatever it'll be, four or five weeks' time, see what's going on, um, see what things are looking like happening for next round, and uh, 
and rejoin then and just uh, maybe just listen every couple of weeks. Well, yeah, yeah because nice I mean, every week, Sorry, every every week, right? just every week, right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Because I think it's going to be a real talk for this week, and then rush hours next week, and then you know the cycle begins, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll probably discuss this a little bit more once we've heard the other pod on uh, the rush hour pod, which will come out sort of towards next weekend. Because uh, you know it's it's uh, it's been an, it's been a story that's for sure. And actually, one of the good things from a selfish perspective that that comes out of this is when a round is a total shit show like this, uh, it does make for a good round fail story. So I've been uh, I've been taking some notes. The rounds where I fuck up are the ones that usually uh, entertain people the most. So. Well, one thing's for sure, right? We know Rio's not going to win the round. We know uh, Ursmeyer's not going to win the round. Or Gothia. We know yeah, Dan... we sort of... Uh, well, well, we know Dan abandoned, which is what Dan does. But uh, we uh, we kind of felt... We've opened it up a little bit, so someone else gets their shot at actually winning the game for a change. Yeah, there's definitely some shots fired towards Dan's way here, right? Eh? For this round, it's just the, the abandoning thing really annoys me, and he's he's the worst offender of that group of it. So uh, yeah, it just it gets under my skin a little bit that people just go ah fuck the realm, I'm out here. I, I get why people do it when they've they've got burnout, but when you're doing it and it's a pattern, you know, just get a grip. Mate. Yeah, like I said, he was he was the least. Uh... Yeah, least enthusiastic about doing it. Um, he, he was quite happy to carry. It. I think he was even tempted to actually carry on just like solo by himself, just to, to help out the rest of the round. Um, so. I don't believe that for a second, but you know, I accept that he's maybe said that to you. He did. I mean, because the rest of the the three the the three of us, um, we yeah, we were all kind of like just went on it before. He was on a different time zone anyway, so. Um, when he when he joined in, and he actually that's partly why I think he hit the uh, abandon a couple hours later anyway. Um, but yeah. he, well, he was, he was talking about it in, there's there's another side Discord that uh, you know for the OD fantasy game that he's in, and he was talking about it there uh, and was saying you know I'm not going to continue playing if if people are just going to kill my wizards and lightning bolt my castle, and I was like. Mate, when we started doing that to you, you'd already hit the abandoned button <laughs> 20 hours prior to getting any Black Ops whatsoever. And he did say, to be fair to him, he said, you know, I've got proof. I can I can prove that, you know, I was planning on playing on, but I'm not going to show it to you because you're not worth my time. And I was like, right. <laughs> And then he said, make it worth my time. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean, make it worth your time? You want me to send you feet pics or something in exchange for the information? And that's pretty much where it ended. So just to reiterate, because I'm not going to get into any of that. Clearly, there's no love lost, but he was, yeah, he was definitely um, looking to stay. Yeah, uh, that that shocks me, if true, uh, and I just flat out don't really believe it, given his history. Like, I would show you proof, but you'll have to make it worth my time. <laughs> I'll get the Polaroid Sounds camera. Sounds like somebody's getting a, 
Yeah, someone's getting a Manny or a Petty for Christmas. <laughs> I was planning on just stealing uh, Zedajar's feet picks and sending him those. All right, well, we should probably wrap it up because this is going to be like a three-hour pod at this point. It's like, you know, we need to have like an intermission for this pod. Yeah. You're going to have to hand out ice creams in the middle of it. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, it is just, it is what it is, you know, listen to it on double speed or whatever. But I guarantee you the first pod was really good. And this is, this is, this is, has been a good conversation as well, right? So. Yeah, well, hopefully something productive comes out of it, and hopefully the GPC doesn't go uh, too extreme in their overcorrections. I don't think, you know, um, they need to remove things from the game, shall we say, Uh, and they maybe just need to look at realm numbers and max damage and things like that, and uh, and also nerf forest havens because they're overpowered. Do it. Do it, you fuckers. All right, so before we close up, uh, do you have any final thoughts there, Rush? Yep, I think that 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 probably was my final thought. As ever, it's fuck Forest Havens. See, I thought that was just like a Rush Hour thing, you know, unique to Rush Hour. No, I'm, I'm bringing it to real talk. I'm bringing it to real talk, yeah. Just making it my catchphrase. Actually, it's more AGFX's okay. catchphrase, to be fair. He says it, and I just agree with him. And do you have... Uh... A line on who you're going to be bringing on as a, as a guest for next week's real uh, rush hour. We do. We know who the guest is going to be. Uh, hopefully, if if time scales, uh, if time schedules match up, but I won't say who it is yet, just in case it doesn't happen. Okay, good. Well, that's good. You guys got somebody lined up. And uh, Rio, uh, you know, I wish you uh, luck on Tinder. Um, and, you know, have some good time off, right? Appreciate it. And uh, glad that the pod's in good hands. I, I listened uh, to everything from earlier, so... Yeah, looking forward to listening. And while you're off, Rio, don't go swimming too often. I'll be swimming every day. Oi, that sounds spicy. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Dave has some big shoes to fill. Um... I think he can, you know, step up and and get the job done. And on that note, uh, we'll wish Rio a happy round off, and you know, maybe next round we'll see him in like uh, like an ice skin or like a dark elf or something, you know, maybe a little bit black ops resistant, you know, we'll see. Hundred percent forest havens. 100% for a saving strategy. Okay. So like a Sylvan or a Wood Elf. But on that note... On that note, you know, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the end here. I know it's been a long pod and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll catch you in the next one. We'll see you later. 